High school football season for the Princeton Vikings started with a lot of hype and optimism that this would finally be the year that Princeton made its way back into the playoffs after an 11-year drought. But now Princeton, after back-to-back -back losses to Sycamore and Coleraine, faces almost a must-win situation tonight as they travel to Liberty Township to take on Greater Miami Conference rival Lakota East. Good evening, everybody. I'm Richard Skinner, along with our producer-engineer Zach Waddell as ESP Media brings you Princeton Vikings football. Tonight, the Princeton Vikings at 2-2 two two overall, 0-2 in the GMC, coming off losses to Sycamore 16-13 and last week to Coleraine 23-14, take on Lakota East at 3-1 overall and 2-0 in the Greater Miami Conference. But more importantly, when you look at the playoff picture. Lakota East sits at seventh in the Harbin ratings in Division One, Region 4. Of course, eight teams make the playoffs, so Lakota East would be in if the playoffs started today. As for Princeton, it sits at number 10 in the Harbin ratings, and they are really backs against the wall and probably have to lose no more than one game the rest of the way, which makes tonight such an important game. You may remember one year ago, Princeton beat Lakota East 30-28 to on a Hail Mary pass from Hosea Hairston to Jermaine Wimpy on the final play of the game as time expired to beat Lakota East 30-28. to But that win was one of the three that was had to be forfeited by Princeton along the way for using ineligible players. And hence, a 30-28 victory that looked like it was going to springboard last year's team to the playoffs became a 1-0 forfeit loss. So Princeton has a lot on its mind with that concerned heading into tonight's game as well. For Lakota East, this is a team that if you remember Coleraine last week, it's an offense much similar to that. Of course, Rick Haynes, the longtime head coach here at Lakota East, was a longtime offensive coordinator at Coleraine. It's an offense that relies heavily on the ground game. The Thunderhawks have only thrown the football 22 times all season long in three games, so averaging really just seven pass attempts per game. They have, however, rushed for 970 yards on the season, 5.4 per carry, and they do it with great balance. Tavier Lugo Flowers leads the way with 298 yards, Charlie Kenrich at 265, and Josh Thornhill at 254, so they will spread it around, although really Lugo Flowers is the main bell cow of the running game. He's carried it 88 times in three games. Kenrich and Thornhill, Kenrich averaging 8.3 yards a carry, and Thornhill 9.4 a pop are kind of the bigger play specialists for the Lakota East offense. Defensively, it's a solid unit as well against both the pass and the run, averaging just 3.5 yards per carry allowed on the season, and the pass defense is allowed only 91.5 yards per game. And it's a Princeton offense that's had a hard time getting on track. You can look at the first two games, a 38-7 win over Milford and 42-0 over Withrow, and even in those games, the offense struggled in part thanks to some penalties. But the last two weeks against Sycamore and Coleraine, the offense has been pretty much bogged down and has not done a whole lot through the air. On the season, Princeton averaging 187.8 yards per game on the ground, 5.6 per pop, and 104.8 through the air. Defensively is where they've made their bread and butter, though. This defense has been very good, even in the two losses to Sycamore. One of the touchdowns that was scored by Sycamore in that game, of course, came on a botched fumble snap. And then last week against Coleraine, the Cardinals went without a first down for the first uh, first quarter of the game uh, and then uh, got a couple of drives put together to take a lead. And then the defense started shutting them down again and allowed Princeton to climb back in it and have a, a couple of chances down 23-14, had a couple more times with the football, but couldn't get any closer than that final margin. But this defense averaging less than 100 yards allowed per uh, game on the ground, 98.8, and the same exact number in the air. More importantly through the air, teams completing just 40.9% of their passes, and Princeton with six interceptions, and on the ground, the defense allowing just 3.2 yards per game. So we would expect, you would think, a low-scoring defensive battle here tonight. It is a warm 
Finally, we can call it fall night, but it does not feel like fall weather. The sun's still uh, up and about and uh, a little bit of humidity in the air, but by the time the sun set, it should be a quite a comfortable night for football. Not a whole lot of breeze. We see the American flag off to our right flipping around just a little bit, but the uh, wind shouldn't be a factor uh, in tonight's game whatsoever. So we expect to have a, a good defensive struggle here tonight and a big game for Princeton trying to get back on track in the wind column. And uh, really, when you look at this, Probably need to go at minimum five and one, and you would think four and two might get them in to get them to six and four overall. Uh, but the win over Lakota East, which uh, certainly right now is in the playoffs, Harbin rating wise, it's sitting at seven. Maybe Princeton can flip the script and move up, uh, move up the list a little bit because they'll get some second level points off of East. East has those three victories already this season. And of course, what's still ahead for this Princeton football team? They've already played Colerain, which is the perennial power in the Greater Miami Conference. That win by Colerain last week marked 77 straight wins for the Cardinals in Greater Miami Conference play. But Princeton still has Fairfield to play in a couple of weeks. It is a home game, but uh, certainly that's one that you don't chuck up in the victory column. They do have some games that should be winnable down the road: Middletown, Oak Hills, Mason, and probably a 50-50 game with Lakota West. And this 50-50 game tonight with Lakota East. Princeton comes on the field on the far side away from us in white uniform tops with red numerals, little red lettering, and gray pants, kind of a different uniform combination than what we've seen. And, of course, those red helmets with the white Viking insignia on the side. Lakota East getting ready to come through the sign that says Thunderhawks, kind of a tunnel for them as they get set to come on the field. And we're about set for football. Princeton did win the toss and actually chose to receive the football. So the Vikings will start on offense, which was interesting to me, but they chose to get something going, maybe even get a lead and try to force Lakota East into doing some things they don't want to do. As Lakota East now comes on the field, and they're all black uniform tops and bottoms, white numerals, white lettering, trimmed in a little bit of gold, it looks like, and those white helmets with the Thunderhawk, black Thunderhawk logo on the side of the helmets. Rick Haynes, as I mentioned, in his 10th season here at Lakota East, he's 54 and 46 overall. He's taken to the playoffs three times. It's the only three playoff appearances in Lakota East history, including last season. They went in 2012, 2014, and a year ago, Lakota East making the playoffs, thanks in part to getting that victory, that forfeit win by Princeton, over Princeton, rather, uh, turning a 30-28 loss into a win. So both teams on the field. The clock has been set at 12 minutes for at least a minute plus now, and somehow the band is still on the field. And we should be set for football, but we're not. The specialists gathered around their coaches, both the kickoff team and the kickoff return team for Princeton, kickoff team for Lakota East. And just kind of waiting for the band to clear the field here. So it'll be dropping back for Princeton, Leroy Bowers to the near side, to the far side. It's D'Angelo Foster. That's been the kick return duo all season long for Princeton. On the year, Foster averaging 16 yards per kickoff return. Bowers 25 and a half. Neither one of them's really popped a long one yet to this stage. Of course, this is week three of eight, an eight-week Greater Miami Conference schedule for all the teams in the league. Elsewhere tonight, Coleraine was at Middletown. Oak Hills is at Hamilton. Fairfield travels to Lakota West. That should be a good game. Undefeated Fairfield, one loss Lakota West, and Mason is at Sycamore. So we're about set for football as Gavin Myers has it teed up. And he'll do the kicking duties for Lakota East. Kind of a deliberate start to this. I mean, 
7 o'clock scheduled kickoff time, and we're three minutes past it for whatever reason. All right, Princeton going right to left as you look at whatever listening device you're listening to us on, be it your computer, your laptop, your iPhone, whatever it may be. As we are set for high school football, week five action, game three in the Greater Miami Conference, game five overall for Princeton and Lakota East. Myers, a left-footed kicker, getting set to move on the football to get this thing going, and he gets away a very high end over and kick that's going to drive Bowers back towards the goal line and all across the goal line into the end zone, and that'll be an automatic touchback, and Princeton will start first and ten on its own 20-yard line. Up front for the Vikings, it'll be at guards Quincy Hughes at the right guard. The left guard will be Brandon Williams. The center is Javon Neal, the right tackle Vincent Munlin, and the left tackle Ohio State bound Paris Johnson. We'll set the Lakota East defense here in a moment. Set the offense is Thomas Boyd going to get the start tonight at running back for Princeton. And they send out to the far side Dorian Durham in there at a wide receiver spot. Actually to the near side closest to us. Sterling Burkhalter out wide right. The snap in the hand, it goes to Boyd, tries the left side and gets a couple, maybe three up to the 23-yard line. Defensively for this Lakota East team up front is Adam Hunderber, along with Troy Reisner. And the nose guard, Aaron Sharp. Linebackers, Jordell Smith, Michael Howard, Justin Katona, and Hayden King. In the secondary, the corners are Rodney Heath. And Kyle Poppy in the strong safety, Josh Jones. The free safety, Corey Dix. Second and we'll call it seven for Princeton at its own 23-yard line. Second snap of the game. It's a handoff to Boyd trying to run left. Duck digs his way through traffic. Takes it up to the 28. He's laying on a player and rolled over and got maybe to the 29-yard line. So pretty good gainer of about six. And it'll make it third down and short. So Thomas Boyd getting the start tonight at running back. And Dorian Durham, who we've seen, of course, play some quarterback this year and play it pretty well for Princeton. He's 12 of 17 passing on the year for 209 yards. He gets the start at wide receiver, and he comes out to the near side. They operate on the hash mark to the left. Three receivers go right. Boyd, the lone running back in the backfield, is next to MJ Horton, who claps his hands. Look, a defensive line might have jumped and somehow stayed on sides. He clapped them again. Now they look over to the sidelines. Play clock is down to four. And Horton takes the snap, hands it to Boyd, running straight ahead. And I don't know if he got there or not. It looks like he got a pretty good spot. Had to just get to the 30-yard line. It looks like that's what he did. And it'll give him enough for the first down. Didn't get a whole lot just across the 30, but it's enough for a Princeton first down. So three straight carries for Thomas Boyd, net 11 yards officially, and that's enough for the first down. And now we got a penalty flag. And I think, not sure what this is all about. Here's another penalty against Princeton. Not sure they said then they said they had 11 in the huddle and they had a wide receiver out wide so that's 12 men on the field at that point in time and Dorian Henry had checked in Darian Henry rather checked in as a tight end now checks out so Princeton just cannot help itself week to week to week major penalties major penalties major penalties so instead of first and 10 at the, about the 31 it's going to be first they mark it all the way back inside the 15 which is almost a 16 yard mark off and now hang on a second now one of the officials is coming down the sideline to. Now they're going to give them. A, they're going to make it a. 
hold on. I'm not sure what they've got. They're going to make that a third. It'll be third down now. So they don't. They take the first down away, make it third and 15, back at the 15-yard line. So they call the illegal participation, I guess, on the last play. So third and 15 now out of the shotgun. Horton takes the snap, drops the throw, looking over the middle. Now rolls right, fires a pass over the middle. A great catch going up way high to get it. And then going down immediately, D'Angelo Foster at the 33-yard line. That was a bullet throw into about five or six different jerseys. And D'Angelo Foster, who's all of five feet seven, went up high to get it. They'll actually mark him at the 34 to gain a 19. It's a Princeton first down. What a catch. Durham and Matthews come left. Foster and Harris go right. Boyd to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Now going in motion, and they're going to reverse coming back to the near side to, Fo to Foster, trying to get to the corner. Does so. Gets across the 40, and he's tackled forward to the 43-yard line. There to bring him down the free safety, Corey Dick, but not before a nice gain. They sent Matthews in motion going right and then ran the reverse to Foster coming back left, and he gets exactly 10 yards to the 44, and that's enough for a Princeton first down. Princeton has 10 in the huddle. They leave Rodney Harris, who had that great touchdown catch last week against Coleraine, out to the right. That's the open side of the field. They operate on the hash mark to the left. Boyd to the left of Horton, and now Matthews is on a wing left. Horton takes the snap, fakes a handoff, runs straight ahead, gets a little hole of right guard, and bangs his way up to about the 47 or so yard line. There to trip him up from the bottom of the pile was the nose guard, Aaron Sharp. But that'll be a gain of about four yards. Princeton getting itself in some decent circumstances other than the penalty that put him in third and 15. Well, Princeton obviously wanted the football to start this game. They won the toss, chose to keep it. And right now on the march, they're at the 48-yard line, second and six. Trip set to the right. Two receivers come left. Boyd is a slot receiver that way. Horton in the shotgun by himself. Takes the snap to throw it. Looks. Guns it over the middle and throws it too far for Dorian Durham. As he stuck a left hand out. I'm not sure if Durham was supposed to continue running the route. He sat down and was wide open. And Horton led him too far. And that's been the problem for MJ Horton for the most part this year. He's done some good things with his legs. But passing the football, he came in tonight. 18 of 52. 34.6% for 210 yards. Now third and six Princeton on its own 48, 8.46 to go opening quarter. They've converted a third down moments ago on third and 15. See if they can do it on third and six. Three receivers right, Boyd on a wing right, and Durham by himself wide left. Snap back to Horton, and penalty flags fly, and Princeton's going to get hit for illegal procedure. Before the snap, a false start. Number 51, offense, five yards. False start's going to go against... See what number they called. Said 51. There's no 51. That has to be 71. That would be Vincent Munlin who moved. So make it third and 11 now, Princeton, on its own 43. They did convert third and 16 earlier in this drive. Double slots each way. Boyd comes in the backfield now to the left of Horton, looking just, just a three-man front. See if they send a blitz, too. Here goes Matthews in motion left to right to make it three receivers right. And taking the snap, Matthews took off too early, and a flag flies as Horton was going to run a draw, and that's going to be a legal procedure as Jamar Matthews went in motion and started up the field too early. So another Princeton penalty. So it was third and about six. Oh, they got offsides. Wow. So Princeton gets the five yards back. Excuse me. It looked like Matthews clearly started up field early, but... Apparently somebody jumped before that. So instead of what I thought was going to be third and 16, you get back to that original third and six after 
Each team's trade five-yard penalties. Matthews, Foster go right. Sterling Burkhalter in the game, along with Durham, go wide left. Actually, trip set to the right. Horton by himself in the shotgun. Looks at a four-man front now. Now they're going to change the play up. As it's Harris, Matthews, Foster to the right. Durham Burkhalter to the left. And taking the shotgun snap, Horton stands his ground. Now he's going to roll right, looking to throw. Now he's looking to run. And he's going to be dropped and sacked back at the 45-yard line. He got absolutely planted by the linebacker, Michael Howard. In space, he picked him up and drilled him. Now actually, Marcus forward progress at the original line of scrimmage of the 48-yard line, but it's going to be fourth down, and Princeton's going to have to punt it away. What a tackle by Howard. As Corey Dick drops in single safety, Tamir Matthews to punt it away. And, of course, this long snapping has been a bit of an adventure this year. And now what do we got? We got a timeout for Princeton. Timeout, Prince. I don't know if they had their personnel right or not. We'll take a timeout with them. 7.35 to go in this opening quarter. Princeton about to punt it away. No score. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Back here at Lakota East High School, I'm Richard Skinner along with producer engineer Zach Waddell. Princeton about to punt it away. Tamir Matthews, it'll be snapping the ball again tonight is Jamel Wimpy, who did a pretty good job last week. Dick in single safety stands back on his own 25. Matthews awaits the snap. It's a good one. He has plenty of time to get it away. Barely gets the football. He's got to get an end over and kick that's going to bounce, and it's going to bounce pretty much in place. Look, like that was going to take a forward Princeton roll, but it did not. It just bounced in place and is down at the 22-yard line by Elijah Eberhardt. And that's where Lakota East in this run-oriented offense. They've only thrown it 22 times all season. will start its first offensive series of the game. So a promising Princeton drive thanks to a third down conversion on a great catch by D'Angelo Foster. Gets to rail when they couldn't convert on third and six. This Princeton defense, which has been hard to move the football against. Again, this offense very similar to the one Coleraine uses. Javier Lugo Flowers is the lone running back. They got Dick lined up on a wing to the left. And a slot to the right as well. Two receivers out that way. Now Dick goes in motion to the right. Here's an option play coming right. Pitch it back to Dick. Swings it out across the 25. Across the 30. Up to the 35. And he's tackled at about the 36-yard line. And it's coming up from the secondary. Kevin Suttles along with Jaden Scarborough combined on the tackle. But Corey Dick still able to pick up 14 yards and a first down for the Thunderhawks. And they like to use that fullback. It's a fullback-oriented offense. But they will send those wingbacks in motion a lot and utilize them as well. Logo Flowers, the lone running back, wingback each way. As Charlie Kenrich, the wing back to the right, he goes in motion going left. They turn, hand it off on the inside. The scissors play, and it's going to be Dick again. He carries it up near the 40, maybe actually got across the 40 to the 42-yard line. Ball carry number four, Corey Dick. With a tackle for the Vikings, number 19, Darian Henry. Henry there to make the stop. Six-yard pickup on the play of second and four Thunderhawks. A couple of good runs against this defense, which has proven to be pretty tough to run against.
Send one receiver out wide left. That's going to be Jack Hartman, the split end. Again, they'll set to have two wingbacks, one each way. Kenrich to the right, dip to the left. And Lugo Flowers, the lone running back, looking at a five-man Princeton front. Grajewski takes the snap, handle, gave fake to the fullback, pitches off to Kenrich, running left. He runs through a tackler up to the 47-yard line and has a first down. He was hit back at about the 44 and just took the tackler, Juan Jarrett, with him. And that's a first down to the 47. First down, Pianzer saying my Jaden Horton, but he's not in there on defense. That was Juan Jarrett who got credit for the tackle. Jarrett in there in the secondary along with Leroy Bowers at the safety spots. Kevin Suttles is a corner along with Jaden Scarborough. Linebackers John Harris. And Christian, Christian Kilgood sticks it, I believe. We'll set that here in a second. Here's an option going left. They pitch it back to Kenrich. He has some running room across the 50. Far side 45 and pushed out of bounds at the 42-yard line by Jarrett. And that's a big pickup of 11 yards and enough for the first down. As Iren Love is the other linebacker, not Christian Kilgus Dixon, but we will see him, I would expect, at some point, too. Defensive front has to start. Brandon Williams is in there on defense, along with Todd Harding and, of course, Darian Henry and Jaheim Thomas. Not in there tonight. So first and 10 for Lakota East at the Princeton 42. Dick goes in motion going right. They'll option it out that way. Pitch back to Dick in the backfield, and he gets a couple of yards out of it. They almost got him for a loss. Jarrett came knifing through there, but Leroy Bowers able to make the tackle at the 41, though, Mark. So just a gain of one, but it could have been a loss of a couple. That option play defended a lot better. They made the quarter, they're making the quarterback pitch it. And that time they had somebody that, a couple players that ran to the trail back. Second and nine, Lakota East. It's first offensive possession at the Princeton 41 off the hash mark to the right. Dick on a wing left. Kenrich on a wing right. Lugo the Flowers, the fullback. Looking at a five-man front. Now Kenrich goes in motion left. They're going to scissor back inside. They do so to Dick, and he gets inside the 40 to about the 37-yard line. Kevin Suttles with a sure tackle as he came up, wrapped him up, and put him to the ground. So a short gain to the 37. But it's got him in a manageable situation because this may be four-down territory for Lakota East. It'll be third and five on the Princeton 47-yard line. Princeton playing with a lot of secondary-type players in there tonight. Suttles and Jarrett at the safeties. Scarborough at a corner. Elijah Eberhardt at a corner with Harris and Love, the linebackers. We've seen Bowers actually walk up and play a linebacker spot as well. We've seen him play some safety. So third and five, they'll open things up. Slot to the left, wing back to the right. And the wing back, Kenrich goes in motion going that way. Here's a handoff to the fullback and trying to run hard inside as Flowers are trying to push him forward. And they are going to push him for the first down, down to the 31-yard line. It was Bowers and Iren Love that stood him up for a second, but really not a lot of people rallied to the football. And Lakota East just pushed him to the first down to the 31-yard line. Good hard run by... Javier Lugo Flowers. Not averaging a whole lot on the season from a yards per carry perspective. He does lead this team in rushing with 298 coming in, but just 3.4 per pop. But it is first down Lakota East as clock rolls down to 320 to go in this quick moving opening quarter. Two teams running the football. They're missing a tight end, and Rick Gaines not really happy with it. The personnel group was not what he wanted, so Lakota East has to take a timeout. As running onto the field late was Braden Kennerly, the tight end. 
And so Princeton maybe gets a chance to gather itself here a little bit defensively. We'll take a quick timeout and come back. 3.16 to go opening quarter. No score. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. This is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. Back here at Lakota East High School, first and 10 East on the Princeton 31 is the opening drive for Lakota East in this football game. Has them on the march. Here's an option play coming right. Pitch to Dick the trail back. Swings wide right inside the 30. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Corey Dick came off the left wing as the trail back going right. Took the option pitch and nobody touched him. And he goes 31 yards for Lakota East touchdown. And the Thunderhawks jump out to a 6-0 lead with 3.08 to go here in this opening quarter. So out of the timeout, thought maybe it was a time for Princeton to regroup. Instead, Princeton defense, which again, hasn't got given up many yards on the ground, gave up 78 on the ground there, giving up just 98 per game on the season as the extra point attempt by Gavin Myers, the left-footed kicker, is up and it is good. So Lakota East forces Princeton to punt after the Vikings got a couple of first downs. And after the punt down to the 22-yard line, they used all running plays. Again, this is a team that only averages seven pass attempts per game. And they just marched 78 yards right down the field against this Princeton defense to take a 7-0 lead. And for a team that is looking to bounce back and get back into the playoff picture after the back-to-back -back losses to Sycamore and to Colerain a week ago, suddenly gets hit right in the mouth to start this football game. Now we'll see what this Princeton team's made of very quickly because they chose to take the football to start the game. Maybe want to set a tone of we're going to drive it down and score it, and then we'll let our defense do the job. Well, instead, they have to punt it, and Lakota East marches 78 yards very quickly to take the lead. As Bowers drops back with D'Angelo Foster to receive the kickoff. Last, the first kickoff of the game went into the end zone for a touchback. The PA announcer continues to see the scrunched up uniform of Leroy Bowers, thinking it's eight, instead it's nine. So it is Bowers back there, so if you hear that in the background, it is not MJ Horton back there receiving the kickoff. So Myers has it teed up on the right hash mark, left-footed soccer-style kicker. As the sun's starting to set on this Friday evening. It's going to be a, quite a comfortable night, I think, when all is said and done. Still wearing shorts and T-shirts, and we're almost to October. Got to love it. Here's Myers slowly moving on the football. He drives one towards the end zone again. Bauer's going to go back and field it, and hit goes into the end zone, and that's an automatic touchback, and Princeton will start its second drive of the game at the 20-yard line. Myers gets that one right by the goal line, and both of them barely crossed across the plane in high school football. Once it crosses the plane, or the player crosses the plane, two to catch it and or the ball, 
it's an automatic touchback, and that's the two kickoffs for Myers so far. So first down for Princeton at its own 20. Drove up to near the 50 the first time they had the football, but again, penalties continue to prove costly for this football team. And it's a team right now, it doesn't look like it's got a lot of energy to it. Foster Matthews go wide right. They actually have a double wing to the right, too. No receiver left. Horton takes the snap. He's just going to run a straight power play going right for himself. As we're going to cross the 25 to the 30. In open field space, 40. It's going to be a foot race up the far sideline, 30. 20, they won't catch him. MJ Horton, 80 yards and a Princeton touchdown. They lined up two receivers to the right and a double wing back set to the right and almost kind of what Coleraine did last week, said we're bringing our quarterback exactly where the formation shows. You got to stop it and no one could. And MJ Horton goes 80 yards to answer the Lakota East touchdown with one of their own. And that'll be Michael Everson to try to tie it up at 7-7. Quite an answer there, and MJ Horton showed his wheels once he got to the corner. He just outran everybody. I mean, a couple players look like they had angles on him at about the Princeton 40. He just ran right by him up the sideline. He is showing with his legs, man. You get him in space, he's hard to catch. Here's the extra point try is on its way, and it is just good inside the left upright. So after Lakota East goes 78 yards for a touchdown, Princeton answers right back with an 80-yarder from MJ Horton, and with 2.55 to go in the opening quarter, it's Princeton 7, Lakota East 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people, people who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy, but at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com radio. Back here at Lakota East High School, Richard Skinner along with producer engineer Zach Waddell as Princeton answers with an 80-yard MJ Horton touchdown. Now with 2.55 to go over the opening quarter, they'll be kicking it off for the first time tonight as it'll be Hayden Cobbs back deep to receive the kickoff for Lakota East. Corey Dick to the near side, to the far side, Nick Rabin. Moving on the football, Cobb sends away a kick towards the very short, going to be fielded at the 25-yard line. And breaking one tackle there was the up back and then finally being pushed out of bounds and Prince is going to get hit with a late hit. Boy, oh boy, yet another penalty as Jack Hartman took the kickoff return. And unfortunately, Princeton with a late hit out of bounds going to cost them 15 yards. This is just, this has almost gotten to the point of being ridiculous. Waiting for the official signal. They're already marking off the 15-yard penalty. It's going to be a late hit against Princeton. Let's just see who the number is. After the play, your personal foul. Defense, 15 yards from the end of the run. First down. Didn't get a number, but definitely a late hit by Princeton. So already Princeton in this first quarter of play been hit with 40 yards and penalties. What else is new? So first and 10 for Lakota East on its own 44 after it marched 78 yards the first time it had the ball. 
take the 7-0 lead, but Princeton with the answer by Horton. Now see if the defense can get a stop here. This time they're going to line up in the I formation. Two receivers go right. Dick the I back. The fullback, Lugo Flowers, a little bit offset to his right in front of him. They turn, got an option coming down to the line right. It's pitched back to Dick, but Bowers on the play right away. It was able to tackle him. Couldn't get him quite for a loss as Dick did a good job to struggle his way back to the line of scrimmage to keep from losing yardage, but Bowers did a great job to pit, take the pitch man there and stop him for no gain, so second and 10. So that time they went to the I formation. They've been double wings, wing each way with a lone running back, and they'll go back to that formation here. One wide out to the right. Dick is on a wing left. Henrich on a wing right. Lugo Flowers, the fullback. He, nope, an option coming down the line to the right. Pitch it back to Dick. Gets to the corner across the 45 and ran out of bounds at the 50. And maybe inside Princeton territory. Don't think he got to the first down, and he did not. As Iron Love was able to run Dick out of bounds at the Princeton 49, make it third and three. The ball slotted just over midfield. It's third and three for the Thunder. They're doing a lot getting the ball to the perimeter so far in this option game. You would think with Princeton's speed, it would be able to get out there quicker, but they've not done a great job defending the option so far. Third down and three. They'll put one wide out each way off the hash mark to the right. No tight end here, so wide out each way, wing back each way. And one running back. Now in motion coming right is Dick, and dropping to throw is Krajewski makes a throw that is going to be caught for a first down, then breaking the tackle at the 30, or at the 40, inside the 35 to the 30, and all the way down to the 26-yard line was the split end, Jack Hartman. Finally able to bring him down, Elijah Everhart, but he broke a tackle by Scarborough back at the 40-yard line, 45-yard line almost. And he takes it all the way down to the 26. So the first pass of the game by Lakota East results in a third down conversion, and they'll have it first and 10 on the Princeton 26 inside of two minutes to go opening quarter. Off the hash mark to the left this time. One and one out to the right, they bring a tight end back in the game. Now in motion goes Dick off the left wing, and Krajewski going to drop to throw it again. Throws it wide open down the middle to Henrich, and that's going to be a touchdown. Nobody picked him up coming off the wing. He went right down the right seam, wide open. Krajewski with an easy pitch and catch. So both times Lakota East had the football. They've made it look very easy against what up till now has been a very formidable defense. And Lakota East goes back on top 13-7 with Gavin Myers on to attempt his second point after of the night. Henrich went right down the right seam. He is the leading receiver on, on, the, on this team, excuse me, but coming in with only four catches for 137 yards as the extra point is up and good. And Lakota East answers right back after Princeton gets the 80-yard MJ Horton touchdown. 136 to go opening quarter. Lakota East 14, Princeton 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Abco Pavement Services, LLC, has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the tri-state area. Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, CB Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services. Back deep for the Vikings, number 21, D'Angelo Foster. Back here at Lakota East Bowers. High School, Richard Skinner with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. 
Cody East has had the football twice, scored twice. This one a 54-yard drive for a touchdown after the 78-yard drive. So against the defense that's given up less than 200 yards per game on the season, 197.5 to be exact. He's given up 132 here in one quarter and two touchdowns to boot. As it'll be the left-footed Gavin Myers to kick it away. Back deep to the near side, Leroy Bowers to the far side, D'Angelo Foster. As he tees it up on the hash mark to the right, both of his kickoffs have gone in the end zone for touchbacks. Myers moves on the football and sends away another high end over and kick. Bowers is going to field it and drops it into the end zone for a touchback. He tried to put his feet just in the field of play and reach up and catch it so it didn't go to the end zone. And he wanted to return it, but he couldn't catch it. And it goes in the end zone for an automatic touchback. So Princeton for the third time tonight will start first and 10 on its own 20. Well, the Vikings answered last time by literally just a quarterback sweep to the right. A literal almost student body right. They lined up everybody and their brother to that right side and said, here we come, and here they came, and there went Horton. Thomas Boyd back in there as a running back here. He lined up on that wing to the right the last time, too. So now Princeton trying to answer again. They quickly scramble out of the huddle and again line up with all that beef to the right side. Horton in the shotgun, takes the snap, rolls right. Now they're going to try to throw it back. He's got a receiver out there, Harris, who catches it at the 45-50. 45, runs through a tackle at the 40, and then steps out of bounds at about the 38-yard line. They lined up that time. Harris is one of the wingbacks to the right, and then snuck him across the formation as Horton rolled right, looking like he was going to run the ball again. He pulled up and threw it back across the field, and Harris was wide open to haul it in. They'll mark him all the way down to the Lakota East 42 for a pickup of 38 yards. Way more offensive fireworks than we expected from these two teams tonight. Three receivers wide right. Boyd to the right of Horton in the shotgun. There's a tight end in there right now for Princeton. So got six guys across the offensive front. Nobody wide left. They were going to call a play. Now they look over to the sideline as they look to change it. Off the hash mark to the left. Horton takes the shotgun snap. Hands it to Boyd running straight ahead. And he can't quite run through a tackle. Did the ball come loose? I think it did. There's a scramble for it inside the 40-yard line down at about the 38. And Lakota East came away with it. As Thomas Boyd fumbles it away and Michael Howard, the linebacker, comes out of there with it. Not sure what happened. It looked like Boyd was just getting tackled and somehow the ball popped loose and Michael Howard comes up with the turnover. So Princeton turns it back over. Down 14-7 and this defense in its first two series out on that field has had no answer for this Lakota East offense to this point. And it's a Lakota East offense which hasn't exactly been a juggernaut. Scored 21 points in the opener against Turpin, 14 in a win over Fairmont, 14-6, 20 against Mason in a 20-14 win, and then 21-9 winners over Middletown. But so far tonight, they have looked very much the part offensively. Wing back each way, one running back in there. Here's the option coming right. Pitch it back to Dick. Has running room, swing wide right across the 40, 45. He's banged out at the 47-yard line. And he laid the wood to Todd Harding that time. Mark him at the 48, so making an eight-yard gain. They have had no real answer for the pitch on the option play. It's really not even much of an option. He's taking about a step or two down the line, the quarterback, and then pitching it pretty quickly. So the end crash, Jaheim Thomas is in there now. He was not in there to start the game, but he's in there now in a linebacker spot. Second and two, clock stop with a minute 14 to go in the opening quarter. It was moving along quickly, but it's been going very slowly here with the touchdowns and out-of-bounds plays. Here's a handoff coming back on an inside scissor. It's Henrich. He's in the clear at the 40 and tripped up at the 35-yard line. If Jaden Scarborough doesn't get him by the ankles, he's gone for six more, but he did. It's still a big gainer 
Pickup of 19 down to the 33-yard line of Princeton. And Princeton has no answer defensively for Lakota East on offense. They might pile up 200 yards in this quarter alone against a defense that doesn't even give up 200 a game. Inside a minute to play in the opening quarter. 14-7 Lakota East with the lead and on the march after the Thomas Boyd fumble. Off the hash mark to the right, one wide receiver goes right. Henrich on a wing right, Dick on a wing left, and one running back behind Krajewski, the quarterback. Now Dick goes in motion left to right. Handoff goes to the fullback, coming through Flowers. He's wrapped up and spun forward as he gets down to the 29-yard line. John Harris was able to wrap him up. Actually, they'll mark him at the 28, so even though they defended it pretty well, he still gets five yards out of the play. And that might be the final play of this opening quarter. Six-second differential between the play clock and the game clock in the favor of the play clock. And I think Rick Haynes, he's actually turning around, marching his guys the other way, so they will not run another play in this opening quarter. Lakota East had the ball three times. They scored touchdowns on the first two. They're on the march with possession number three. And if not for an M.J. Horton 80-yard touchdown run, Princeton would be in deep trouble. But at the end of one quarter, they still trail. It's Lakota East 14, Princeton 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. It's powered by Sidearm Sports. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010. Back here at Lakota East High School, sun setting in the distance as we get set to start quarter number two. Thanks to our guy Dan Wright, the stat man, who brought us stats in the first quarter and shows Princeton with 162 yards total offense, Lakota East 166. Princeton's run 11 snaps, Lakota East 15, Lakota East with 117 of those yards on the ground. And they're on the march right here, first down, or second down, make it. And about five from the Princeton 28. I formation this time behind Krajewski takes it. Going to throw the pitch back to Henrich. Trying to swing it wide left. Throws a stiff arm out there. Bowers trying to get him. And he does bring him to the ground as he was grabbing for jersey as opposed to trying to make a tackle. And then dragged him down by the jersey at about the 25-yard line. Still a nice gainer on the play. It'll make it third and two with the Princeton 25. Third down, Thunder so third and two, can this Princeton defense get a stop and force a Rick Haynes decision here on fourth down? Third and two from the 25 off the hash mark to the left. They have one wide out, very tight. Actually, they're gonna line him up with a tight end, Hartman. Wing back each way, one running back behind Krajewski. Now Henrik goes in motion, they just flip it to him coming left to right. He's gonna get the first down, down to the 22 and might have got to the 21 yard line, but they didn't touch him until he was well past the first down marker. They're going to finally bring him down. Joshua Younger, who's in there, they've got a little more beef. He and Todd Hardy both in there at the moment, and they combine on that tackle. They'll mark it at the 22. It's a gain of three, and it's enough for Lakota East first down. Shocking score to pass along after one quarter. Early second, Moeller leading St. X 14-12. to How about that? Moeller team that outside of Lexington Lafayette didn't score a point in its other three games. It's three losses. They go two wideouts to the right. Henrich in there. There's a slot to the right. Dick on a wing to the left. 
He goes in motion, going to the right, stops, comes back, they hand it to the fullback, Lugo Flowers, and Tavier Lugo Flowers gets inside the 20 to the 19. Prince is not doing a lot of tackling. They stood him up, basically stopped his forward progress, but not before another solid gainer, three or four out of it. He'll mark it at the 19, so give him three. He'll be second and seven, trying to get some fresh bodies, both Harding and Ashley Younger both going out here at the moment. Trying to get some fresh defensive linemen in there. Again, same formation. They'll put two receivers right. Henrich, who's been a wing back, lines up as a slot to the right. Dick a wing to the left. Lugo Flowers, the lone running back behind Krajewski. Since Dick in motion going left to right behind the formation. He turns and there's nobody there. Then he broke a tackle inside the 15, down to the 10, and tackled four to the nine-yard line. Busted play as it was going like he wanted to go one way. The wing back went the other way, and it didn't matter because Princeton didn't tackle him. They had a chance to get him at the line of scrimmage here and right through the tackle. Takes it all the way down to the 10-yard line. It'll be first and goal with Cody East. Actually, no, see if they mark it maybe outside of the 10. Can they get a first down? They've not stretched the change yet. Nope, it looks like it's going to be first and goal right on the 10-yard line. Princeton down 14-7, needs a stand right here. This time they'll come with two tight ends, nobody wide, a wing back. The wing backs are actually lined up behind the tackles with tight ends outside of them. There's Dick goes in motion right to left. They hand it off to Lugo Flowers. Off left guard he goes, down inside the five and down to the three-yard line. He just powered his way down. There is a penalty flag down, I believe, at the six-yard line. So maybe that's in the area of holding. Let's see. There is a penalty flag on the field. Officially threw the flag, walking over to the head referee to tell him what the call will be, and... Here comes the call. Well, Cody East isn't going backwards, that's for sure. Face mask. I'll tell you, they're just, Cody East is out tough in Princeton at the moment. They're just hitting them right in the mouth, running the football. Princeton doing a lot of grabbing and not a lot of tackling. And so it'll be first and goal down at the two-yard line. As Lakota East has just dominated the first quarter plus of this football game. Nobody wide. They're going to put two fullbacks in there with Lugo Flowers, the little running back. The fullbacks are on either side of him in front of him, kind of an inverted wishbone set. Grajewski turns, hands to Lugo Flowers. He just runs over a tackler and goes into the end zone for the touchdown for Lakota East. Iran Love, I'll give him credit. He tried to stick his nose in there that time and tried to get underneath him and lower, but... Javier Lugo Flowers just ran him straight over in his way to the end zone for a two-yard touchdown, and the lead for Lakota East bumps up to 20-7 with 9.08 to go here in the first half. And Gavin Myers on to attempt another point after. Lakota East has just come in and absolutely out-toughed Princeton to this point. It'll be the quarterback, Krajewski, to do the holding. Left-footed kicker on the way. It looks like he splits it right down the middle, and he does. 9.08 to go in the first half of play. It's now Lakota East 21, Princeton 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today. 
Back here at Lakota East High School in a Princeton Vikings team, which had a lot of hype around it when the season started and was thinking this is the year that they would finally make it back to the playoffs. And they were in desperate mode heading into the night and not playing much like a desperate team, down 21-7 to Lakota East. And it's nothing fancy for Lakota East. It's just option football, and they are executing to perfection, and they are just out toughing Princeton at the moment. So Myers, the left-footed kicker, he's put his first two kickoffs of the game into the end zone, first three actually, into the end zone for a touchback, the opening kickoff, and after the first two touchdowns, See if he can go four for four. He's kicking it the opposite direction, though. Moves on the football and drives a high end-over-end kick. It's going to be fielded by Bowers coming up at the nine. Runs up the right, now heads off to the left across the 10, 15, 20, across the 25, and got up to the about the 30-yard line. So a pretty good return for Leroy Bowers. And now Princeton needs an answer right here. Last time they had the football after it was 7-0. One play later, MJ Horton made it 7-7 with an 80-yard touchdown run. East went back up 14-7, and then on the next series, Thomas Boyd fumbled it back to East, and East took that and went and scored. East has had it three times and scored touchdowns on all three possessions. I would have never thought that. One thing that's been fairly consistent about this Princeton team so far this year is that defense has been very good, but not tonight. Now they need, they need a spark of some kind because this starts to wear on you a little bit. This time they're going to send that... Heavy formation to the left. Everybody bunched that way. And Horton by himself in the shotgun takes the snap. He's just going to run it heading left, trying to get to the corner, and he's going to be chopped down across the 30 to the 31-yard line. From the secondary to make the tackle was Josh Jones, the strong safety. So a gain of only a yard, maybe two. Princeton not doing much fancy. We'll give him two yards. Princeton still in the huddle with the play clock down to 15. They're taking a long time in that huddle. They'll send three receivers, this time wide right. Boyd will line up to the right of Horton. Nobody left. They've got a tight end of the game. They'll hand it off. They'll fake it. Horton trying to run, and he's going to be tripped up right at the line of scrimmage. Right in the hole with a great open field tackle was the outside linebacker, Jordell Smith. With a number three, Smith. Boy, this offensive line just has not gotten a lot of push this season for a group as big as they are. It's almost a finesse-type offensive line. That time, Horton was just dancing, tried to cut it outside. Smith was just waiting for him and decked him. So third and eight for Princeton. Inside eight minutes to go in the first half. Becomes a pretty big conversion because they have not stopped Lakota East so far tonight. Three receivers right, nobody out left. Boyd to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Takes the snap, rolls right to throw. On the move, on the move. Now he's going to try to run for the first down. He's not going to get there. He's going to be dropped at the 35-yard line as Howard, who recovered the fumble a moment ago. And I think Smith, who was on that last tackle, combined to make that stop. And Princeton going to have to punt it away. Well, that was a very uninspiring offensive drive right there. Not a whole lot of imagination in this offense right now. And not winning the battle at the line of scrimmage. So, Tamir Matthews to punt it. Dick deep to get it. He's not even very deep. They're playing kind of a punt safe. It'll be fourth and about four, but they're at the 35-yard line. Don't think they'll fake it here. Play clock down to three. Princeton better hurry. They're going to get a delay a game, and they just get it off. The snap's a good one, Matthews. Punts it away, a very high... 
punt. The dick is going to let bounce. It's going to take a Princeton bounce inside the 30, inside the 20. And it's going to roll dead at the 15 or so yard line. So a break for Princeton there as Dick opted not to field it. It costs Lakota East about 20 yards of field position. So East will take over first and 10 on its own 15-yard line with 6.39 to go in the half. Now here's the scenario. This East offense can be very methodical and time-consuming. It has not been stopped so far. Princeton doesn't get a stop here. Keep in mind, too, that East gets the football to start the second half. So they could have it on back-to-back -back possessions, up maybe three scores. This becomes imperative for the Princeton defense here to not only get a stop, but maybe knock one loose. But they've not gotten a stop tonight. Three times Lakota East has had the football. Three times it's driven for touchdowns. First and ten. They'll send one wide out to the right, wing back each way, and we'll go Flowers in the backfield behind Krajewski, the quarterback under center. Looks at a six-man front, takes the snap. Hands, no, he's going to run an option play and gets away from a tackle. Jaheim Thomas had him, and I don't know what he was doing. He just kind of brushed him aside, and he's able to knife through there for about four yards when it should have been no gain. Thomas made it himself. But that's a four-yard gain for the quarterback. Mark Krajewski, a senior. Another quarterback, T.J. Kathman, a sophomore, is hurt. Kathman's actually thrown more passes on the season. But again, this offense will take the four or five-yard chunks and just keep marching you down the field. Second and six from the 19. Nobody wide, wing back each way, so they're going to go with an all-power set up to the right. They pitch it back to Hendricks, running right on the toss sweep, and this time Darian Henry says no, sir. Henry, John Harris, and Harding all there to make the stop, but it was Henry that stood him up and pushed him back. We'll give him a gain of two up to the 12. Gave him, gave him three up to the 22, so not as... I thought that was down at about the 20, it looked like, but give him still a gain of three on the play. It'll be third and three from there. If the stop here, you might get yourself some good field position, get a chance to get a score before halftime if you're Princeton, but you got to get the stop first. One wide out, wide right, the short side of the field. Double wings each way. Here's a turn. Going to run the option, pitch it back. It's a bad pitch, but Dick makes the catch. He has the first down and more across the 25, and he's tripped up at about the 28-yard line or so. Elijah Everhart made the tackle, but again got to the perimeter off the pitch. It was not a great pitch. In fact, Dick caught it up behind him almost on his shoulder pad, his left shoulder pad as he's running right. But did a good job to catch it, then turn it upfield and gets the first down. Clock stopped momentarily to set the first down marker. It rolls again as... We approach exactly five minutes to go here in the first half of play. It has been Lakota East all the way so far tonight, leading 21-7. And now a first down at the 28-yard line. The one wide receiver, Jack Hartman, comes wide left. He's the lone wide out in the game, wing back each way. Kuczewski under center has one running back behind him. Hendricks goes in motion left to right. Here comes the option. No, they hand it off to the fullback, and nothing doing that time, and they stood him up and stonewalled him. As Jaheim Thomas, Darian Henry, and Christian Kilgus Dixon all there to stop him after a short gain up to the 30. They'll give him two. The fullback who's in the game, when he lines up, he is about, oh, maybe a yard or so behind the quarterback. So it becomes a quick hitter if he decides to give it off to the fullback. Oftentimes he's faked the dive and come down the line on the option and pitched it quickly. But when they do give it to the fullback, it is a quick hitter for Tavier Lugo Flowers. Who's just a sophomore. Second and eight, Lakota East at its own 30. Same alignment, one wide out left, wing back each way. 
They send Hendricks in motion off the right wing, going left. They are going to hand it on a scissor, going right, breaking a tackle's dick, breaking another tackle dick. He's in the free at the 40, 45, 50, foot race 40. They're going to catch him down at the 30-yard line. Again, sloppy tackling by Princeton at the point of attack. And Corey Dick broke through the tackle. And once he did, he turned about a three-yard gain into a 45-yard gain down to the 27-yard line. So now East in position to really put this Princeton team on the ropes. And in no hurry with the clock rolling down to 3.30 to go up 21-7. Operate on the hash mark to the right. Send the one wide receiver, Hartman, out left by himself. Same alignment. Wing back each way, one running back. They send one of the wing backs for Hendricks in motion coming right. They're going to run the option that way. Krajewski takes it. Took a stiff arm on John Harris, who was able to still hold on and make the tackle, but he stiffed arm in, got himself a couple yards, maybe three down to the 25. Krajewski doesn't keep it a ton. Really, Princeton's made him pitch very quickly tonight. They've taken away the dive for the most part. It's been a lot of stuff on the perimeter, either that scissors play they just ran with one wing back coming in motion one way and then handing it to the other wing back going the other way or just simply getting on the perimeter on the pitch. Inside three minutes to go in the half. Princeton needs to stop desperately. They've not made an adjustment to stop this option game left. Here's Henrich in motion going right. Krajewski's going to drop the throw. Pump fakes. Now he's in some trouble, and he's going to be sacked back at the 27, 28-yard line. Henry and Leroy Bowers were there to sack him. He wanted to throw it, but his receiver was covered. By the time he pulled it down and tried to reload it, they were able to drop him for a loss back to the 28, so it'll be third and 10. This is an imperative stop for Princeton. By the time this ball snapped, it'll be inside two minutes to go in the first half, and again, East will get the ball to start the second half. One wideout comes left. That's a different wide receiver in there. That's Brandon Elliott who's in there as a wideout. And the wing backs each way. Henrich on a wing right. They're going to turn. Hand it off to the fullback. No, they don't. The quarterback kept it. They bury him for a loss. Jaheim Thomas, John Harris did a great job to just bury him back at the 30-yard line. And now Princeton's going to take a timeout with exactly two minutes to go in the half to try to save some time. And when we come back, it'll be fourth down and about 12. Probably too long for a field goal, so probably go for it time for Lakota East. Two minutes exactly to go in the first half as Lakota East 21, Princeton 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Creating beautiful smiles every day, that is what we do at Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics. These board-certified orthodontists treat both children and adults and use traditional braces, clear ceramic brackets, and Invisalign to meet their individual patient needs. With offices conveniently located in Westchester and Blue Ash, they provide flexible payment options, convenient hours, and high-quality care. For a free new patient exam, contact Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics at 513-777-7060. And so after Princeton takes a timeout, Lakota East takes a timeout. We'll keep it here as we just come back from that, that timeout. So each team now has just one timeout remaining, I believe. And they do. So I'm sure if Rick Haynes decided he wanted to see what Princeton lined up in before taking the timeout. It'll be fourth and 11 for Lakota East at the Princeton 29. Princeton trying to get a stop and maybe get a score here before halftime to get back in it. Again, they will be on defense to start the second half. And this is imperative to get the stop after they have not stopped really Lakota East all night long. 
Fourth time they've had the ball, they scored touchdowns on the first three. And this drive got as far as the Princeton 25, where right now it's fourth and 11 from the Vikings 29. They will send a receiver each way. Wide to the right side will go Elliott. And John Scott comes wide left. Actually, there's going to be a slot to the right, and they'll go out of the shotgun this time. Grajewski in the gun with a running back to his right. Takes it, drops to throw, has some time. Looking now, it breaks down. Harding tried to tackle him, couldn't do it. And he's going to try to run for it. He's going to come up short. As they tackle him down at about the 22-yard line, Harding and John Harris combine to make the stop. So Princeton gets a key stop to stay in this football game with a minute 40, 52 to go in the first half. And the Vikings will take over first and 10 at their own 22. Let's see who comes in the quarterback here. We've not, we did not see Dorian Durham last week as a quarterback. He's the better thrower of the two by far. He started tonight's game as a wide receiver. Now Horton's going to stay in there as, a, as the quarterback. He's going to send four receivers to the right side of the formation, one to the left, so an empty backfield. It's Burkhalter by himself to the left. Out of the gun, Horton takes the snap, drops the throw. They're going to try the hook and lateral. No, they just try a little quick swing pass to the outside, and not much doing there as Foster gets shoved out of bounds for a gainer of about two or three. Clock does stop with a minute 58 to go. If we're actually going to lose, I'm sorry, back to the 22-yard line. And the play gets in front of us a little bit in front of that Lakota East bench. It's hard to see where players go. We get blocked out from our vantage point. It's a nice press box here. It's not up very high, so kind of get blocked out on occasion by the players. Same formation. They operate on the hash mark to the right, and they send four receivers that way the closed side of the field. Burkhalter by himself to the left. Looking at a four-man front. Horton takes the snap, going to drop to throw it. Sets his feet. Now he's going to take off running with it, and he's not going to take off very far. No, he did break a tackle, trying to run laterally. Has his helmet ripped off, and down he goes, and down goes the helmet. That helmet got ripped off. There's no doubt about that. No penalty flag. He got barely back to the line of scrimmage. Now Dorian Durham's going to check in as a wide receiver, and I wonder if they got a gadget play set up for him here. Or did Horton maybe have to come out because he lost his helmet? I think that's what it was. Yeah, Durham's in there as the quarterback at the moment because he has to come out for a play because of the lost helmet. So Durham is in at quarterback. Four receivers to the right, one to the left on third and ten. Durham takes the snap, drops to throw it. He's going to throw it long up the left sideline for Burkhalter, who's out there. He just overthrew it. Well, that was a pretty good ball thrown, and Burkhalter just could not quite catch up to it. They had man coverage on him up the far sideline. And Prince is going to have to punt the football back just like that to Lakota East. They used all of about, uh, oh, 30 seconds of clock. It went nowhere. And the offensive struggles for this football team continue. They have not been able to drive the football consistently all year long. They've hit some big plays in both the pass and run game. But drives have been few and far between consistent drives. And this one ends very quickly as Matthews to punt it. Whippy's gotten a couple good snaps back to him. They need one right here, right now. And this one's a high snap that Matthews has to run back and field, and they almost blocked the punt. And it's a very high short punt that is going to bounce for Princeton. It bounced at the 45 in Viking territory, and then it's going to be touched down at the 41 or so, or 40 in Lakota East territory. Matthews had to race back and get it. It was a high snap. It didn't go over his head, but it floated sideways away from him. He was able to make a nice catch and then get at least the punt away. So 108 to go in the half. East up 21-7 gets the football back at its own 40. In this option offense, not exactly designed for the two-minute drill. But they've hit some big chunk runs tonight. Only one timeout remaining. The kicker, Myers, certainly has a quality leg. We've seen it on the kickoffs. 
on the season on field goals. He's two of two with a long of 32. But I got a feeling he's probably got range to maybe 40, 45 yards, I would think. They line up in the tight formation. Nobody wide with a wing back each side. One running back behind Krajewski. Sends in motion. Dick going to the right. Handed off to the fullback. Lugo Flowers. Bounces off one tackler, but can't bounce off a second, and he'll get maybe a yard. Nice job by Christian Kilgus Dixon to come up and actually make a tackle tackle. He got him right around the knees and was able to drop him. Rick Haynes, I think, is going to be more than satisfied to maybe hand this off one more time if they pop something great. If not, go to halftime, up two scores and getting the football to start the second half of play. Clock down to 40 seconds and rolling. And each time, team with only one timeout left. And they'll send one wide out to the right. That's the closed side of the field. Krajewski looking at the play clock down to 10. He's in no hurry whatsoever. He's just going to snap it one more time, probably hand it off and call it a half. Down to five seconds. He's now under center. Takes the snap. He's just going to take a knee. So Rick Haynes more than satisfied to get out of this first half with a 21-7 lead. That's the most points. That equals the most points this team has scored in a game this season. At 21 and a loss to Turpin. 21 last week in the win over Middletown. And here at halftime, Lakota East has put up 21 points on Princeton. At halftime, the score, Princeton 21, Lakota East 7. We'll be back in about 15 or so minutes with a look back at the first half and a look ahead to half number two. Until then, it's the Angry Quarterbacks podcast with myself and Tony Pike. Hope you enjoy listening to that. We'll be back here to Lakota East High School. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. For over 32 years, Nelson & Associates, a family-owned, Ohio-based, full-service real estate company, has specialized in the management and development of affordable housing communities. Choose Nelson & Associates for all of your real estate needs, whether it's sales, development, property management, or consulting. We are an experienced professional team providing quality service. For more information about Nelson & Associates, please visit us on the web at www.nelsonasc.com or call us at 513-961-6011. Welcome into another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com, and he is Tony Pike, the real quarterback of Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame. We broadcast live from the James Rapine Memorial Studios. I was asked to get James on again this week, but I, I, I felt bad. It would have been a bad week for James. His guy, John yeah. Ross, struggled. Lamar Jackson uh, struggled a little bit, although he, he brought him back. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield, his guy, was really brutal. How do you... How do you have four chances to win a game and Odell Beckham didn't get one look? How about run the ball once, too? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, they did on that fourth and nine when they ran that draw. <laughs> what are you doing? Bad play call. Bad play doing? call. Freddie Kitchens. Doing? Oh, my. We'll get to some NFL, as we always do. We'll get to some college football. And uh, we start with high school football, though. As we roll along, this in Ohio will be the first week of the Harbin ratings that come out. And... If you go to the website, and it's one of my favorites for high school football, I'm sure those of you that listen are high school fans, you go to it as well, joeidle.com. Um, he does a great job with his scoreboard every every week. Uh, he's got all the scores from around the state and then scores from out of state that affect in-state teams from a Harbin perspective. Um, but he also basically has the Harbins to a T. They're not the official ratings, 
uh, but they are basically the official ratings. The official ratings will come out today. So we're going to run through them and, and kind of talk on where some of these teams are. We'll start in, in, in Ohio Division One. It's Region 4. Um, and as today, here's and the top eight teams make the playoffs. St. Xavier is one, Fairfield is two, Lakota West is three, Sycamore four, Elder five, Walnut Hills is sixth, Lakota East seven, Colerain eight, and I'll just round out a top ten where Lebanon is nine and Princeton, which we broadcast their games here on ESP Media. I do them. I'll be doing them this Friday when they play a big game, apparently now at Lakota East, uh, to try to get some secondary points. Princeton is is ten. Couple of surprises for me. Obviously, Lakota West off to a really good start at three and one with Tom yeah. Bolden. Um, they lost their opener to LaSalle. We kind of went, oh no. And I think now we're seeing, and we'll get to LaSalle a little bit more in a minute. We're seeing LaSalle's pretty darn good. Yes. And Lakota West has, has turned things around. Boy, if he gets into the playoffs in, in year one and maybe wins a game or so, that's a good, uh, yeah, that's that's, a good start. That's a, that's a huge start uh, for, for where this Lakota West team has been. And look, uh, I think they've underachieved in the past a little bit, but one thing you're not going to argue with Lakota West, you're going to have dudes. Yes. You're going to have guys that are going to play at the next level, and you're going to have a, a large pool to pull from, and, and that's what they've done thus far. And I think whenever you have a new coach, it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of get everyone going in the same direction because for a long time there at, at Lakota West, it's been done a certain way, and that way has changed. Uh, but as, as many new coaches will tell you, when, when, when you can win – early with a new coaching staff, it gets those players to buy in a heck of a lot easier than if you're 0 and three, oh and four right. and, and starting okay, what are we what are we buying into this guy? We haven't won a game yet. And, and the pedigree of Tom Bolden, right? And right. the things and the success he had as as a head coach at Colerain. I think you go, Oh yep. yeah, and he look he had dudes at Colerain. Nobody's gonna tell you he didn't. You're not gonna win folks listen to me. I think I'm a really good basketball coach. I ain't winning if I don't have dudes. I, I can probably win a handful more than most but look, you you've got to have guys to win games yep. in any sport, and and that seems to be the feel of, of Lakota West is he's going to maximize the the talent pool, and and he's certainly off to a good start in that regard. All right, St. Xavier has ascended to number one, and it's no surprise their wins have come over a Brownsburg, Indiana team, which is is technically a Division One team in Indiana. Mm-hmm. They've got three wins, a win over Colerain, which continued that GMC yep. winning streak over Princeton last Friday. It's now at 77 straight games, and they've won 138 of, of their last 139 Greater Miami Conference games. The only blip, a 2008 loss to Middletown, 42-39. So Colerain, a good win for them. Uh, Penn team from Indiana, their Division One equation. They only have two wins, but it's nice second level. And then the win over a really good Indianapolis Cathedral yeah. team. Man, they came down here and, and thumped Moeller, played toe-to-toe in overtime with Elder, played toe-to-toe with X. I think it shows. I'm not a big comparative score guy because you yeah. never know in high school football what you're getting from week to week. Yep. And one key injury can skew things. But I think it does show X and Elder are probably that close. And right now X gets the nod because X is still taking care of business sitting at, at 4-0. Uh, I know you were impressed with them when you saw them against Cole Rain. It, it just it, it just feels like that they they have hung their hat on winning with defense and yep. just kind of hanging around. And now they almost say you're not going to stop us offensively. Right. And and I mean Cole Rain. I, I saw them in person Friday. They're not the dominant Cole Rain defenses they're we've seen, defense, in the best, but they're really good. Yep. I mean they tackle like I. The thing about X's, the X's and the Cole Reigns that, that impresses me, a lot of high school kids don't tackle. It just it, These dudes tackle. I mean, when they're on you in space, you're going yep. to the ground. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a great defense, but I think it's a really, really, really good Cole Reign defense. And they put 21 up yeah. on them in a half. And and for for X, it's not a great, like one of their best defenses, but they're still a really enough, solid right? defense. Uh, but their offense, and, and this is behind Matthew Reavy, who's putting up unbelievable numbers right now. Uh, and it's it's behind offensive coordinator Coverdale. Yeah, I mean he is. Look, 
and we, we've talked about this before, when before the season you lose the top tackle in the country, you're not just going to get someone to fill his shoes and dominate right away. So He hasn't played great, though, for Princeton. No, that's, that you. is correct. But they do, they, they do deeper drops. Uh, they change up their drop depth every play. They do a lot of rollouts, and their rollouts are at different levels. Sometimes they roll out at 10 yards. Sometimes he's rolling out at 7 yards. I mean, it's, it's so the, – the intricacies of his offense and that scheme, uh, it, it's very quarterback friendly. And, and I told uh, – I work obviously a lot with, with Chase Wolf. I, I text Chase Wolf a couple weeks ago. I said, you guys – I think you guys would have won a second state title with, with the way this offense is clicking right now just because it's, it's so far ahead of what you see in high school offensive right. schemes. I mean, there's, there's a handful of coaches in Ohio – that you can think of where offensively they just get it. Obviously, Elder gets it, and that comes from a head coach that played college football. Uh, when you have a guy in, in Coverdale at St. X, uh, he prepares and he runs this like a college offense. So basically, hey, you need all the knowledge in the world on how to read defenses, and if you can do that, then we're going to change our game plan right. week to week based off what that defense we play does really well. I'm interested to see this week because it's such a – it's always a, a tough game between these two teams – and as bad as Moeller's been offensively, yeah, and they've got, they've got for the right, they've got Moeller this yeah, week. Yeah, and as bad as Moeller's been offensively, their defense hasn't been terrible in a lot of games. They just haven't. They've been on the field a ton. Yeah, and, and the and, offense and the has turned, turned the ball, ball over. Yeah, uh, so that that's very different. And I'm interested to see a Moeller defense in a in a GCL game if they can show up in Nippert Stadium because they Moeller played Elder at Nippert last year and and won a game that they probably shouldn't right, have won. Right. Well, on their way to a a GCL championship. So this, I'm, I'm it, interested to see this. This just feels like. For Moeller, it's it's going to lose out. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know about the team from Canada. They're zero and two, and there's talk that they might not even play that game. I mean, here's here's what here's what Moeller for the record, the only win is over Lexington Lafayette, which is an zero and five football team. Beat them sixty eight to seven. They've been shut out their other three games. And, and you look at the competition level, and it's it, I mean it's Cathedral, which yep. is really good, but Cathedral also gave up thirty plus points to X, gave up thirty plus points to Elder, and Moeller doesn't score. They didn't score against Louisville Trinity. Again, Trinity's a good football program, arguably the best in Kentucky. And they didn't score against Winton Woods, which is arguably the best Division II team. I know LaSalle's got something to say about that. Turpin may have something to mm-hmm. say about that, but arguably. But here's what they got left. X, LaSalle, and their defense, which has yes. been great. Elder, St. Ignatius, and St. Edward, which just beat LaSalle. Right. Wow. Oh, yeah, beat, beat Elder. I mean, I'm sorry, you beat Elder, too. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Um, wow. Yep. Good, good luck. Good luck. And that, that's the thing, like, at Molek... And, and it, here's what I find really interesting. The, the high school landscape is changing a lot. There, we're, we're seeing, and I know it it's, hasn't played out yet this year, but this year we talked about Fairfield's up there, Coleraine's yeah. up there, yeah. Princeton's up there. Now you got Bolden at Lakota West is going to be up there. The GCL is always spread out. For so many time, years growing up, all I heard about was Molars at the top. Well, dude, dude, growing up, I looked up, and I lived in Kentucky, and I looked up right. to Moeller. I mean, we, we lost guys in northern Kentucky to Moeller. Right, and, and that's why it's a very interesting time for Moeller because the window to still be Moeller is smaller than it ever has been. Yep. Like You can't have these years and, and expect to just keep bouncing back because you have Moeller across your chest because, well, Elders now put it together, St. X has put it together, Cole Range put it together, all these other teams, and now you've got teams that are scratching Winton Woods, uh, Princeton, Sycamore, Fairfield, Sycamore, where, Sycamore. I mean, that Sycamore kid. Dakota West, think, yeah. Think about that Sycamore kid. The Sycamore kid has a choice sometimes of Moeller or staying at Sycamore, right? right? Yep. We, we're starting to see this landscape change. And if you're Moeller, it's really important. I know you're playing a lot of young guys this year. Yeah, yeah. To, to right this ship and, and get back to Moeller football. 
All right, uh, another team in the GCL to talk about is Elder. They got off to the 3-0 start, and, and they still continue to do great things offensively. Yeah. They lost 42-25 to St. Ed's. And look, losing to St. Ed's is no shame. It's one of the, if you want to talk top five programs in the state of Ohio, they are in that conversation for sure, maybe even top three. So that's no shame. But I guess the thing that, that would be a little bit alarming is you've gone now three straight weeks of giving up 31, 54, and 42. Yeah. And look, the competition. And you won two of those. And you did win two of those. One was 60 to 54. The, the question coming in was this defense, is it big enough? Is it, is right. it, is it good enough to match the offense? And maybe it still is moving forward, but I got to think you got to be a little alarmed if you're Doug Ramsey that your defense is just really getting getting pushed around each and every week. Yeah, you, you got to find something uh, quick because look at this is because hey, their schedule here's their schedule to, to, to finish things out. They've got Ryle this week from Northern Kentucky. Yep. they'll handle them uh, for sure. But then they've got X Moeller, Winton Woods, uh, a different team from Canada that Moeller's got, and LaSalle to end the year. So right. it, it doesn't get easier for them. Yeah, they. That, that's going to be a situation you hope if you're elder against Ryle this week, you start to get some confidence back on defense. Uh, and it Really, the way Elder wants to play this year, it starts to play a little bit like what we've seen with Coleraine in the past. Elder wants to be a run-first team this year. They want to wear you down with that offensive line and that running game and open up the play-action pass. Well, guess what happens if your defense is bad and all of a sudden you're down two or three scores? Really not much time in high school right. football to run the ball. Right consistently like you want to. And when you can't run the ball consistently, you don't set those teams up to wear them down in the third and fourth quarter. You kind of let them off the hook because you got to pass more. And I'm not saying Elder can't pass to win, right? Uh, but Elder wants to run the ball and, and punch you in the face. And when the defense is giving up points that quickly and not often, it, it's very hard to keep running the ball like that. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's go to Division Two, Region 8. Uh, here are the, the – the, the area teams, because this is a mixed area. You've got some some teams in central Ohio in the Columbus area that are that are mixed in. But Turpin is yeah. number two in Harbin's this week, or will be. Uh, again, the official release will be uh, on Tuesday night. We're doing this on Tuesday morning. LaSalle is three. Winton Woods is four. Harrison off to a really nice start, three and one. Uh, they sit at number five. And Talawanda with Larry Cox, how about that? They sit at number eight, so they would be in the playoffs. Anderson just on the outside of that looking in. Let's start with the main three, though, in the middle. Uh, Turpin off to that great start, and and they've they've handled they taken care of business. Uh, they beat Lakota East, which yeah. is a division. It's the only loss Lakota East has, and beat them by a couple touchdowns. Beat Northwest, which is winless. Beat West Claremont, which is winless, but beat them by five touchdowns. So the differential it should be. Beat a Troy team in Division Two that is three and one. The only loss, sixty-two thirteen to Turpin. This feels like it is LaSalle and Winton Woods, but maybe Turpin on a right night in the playoffs can get a win and maybe you get lucky and you don't have to beat both you just gotta yeah, beat one beat one of them and, and if things play out the way they have look Turpin is they've they've checked every box and they've kind of done it flying under the radar yes because we've talked about LaSalle's defense we've and, talked and I didn't, about I didn't, and I didn't look they, they had not punted in the first three games and yeah, I did not look to see if they punted last week that's so a decent stat that's a pretty good stat could yeah. be a secret weapon we don't even know about yeah. yet their punter yeah exactly maybe he's he, we don't know how where he can kick it but yet. no that I mean, even the four you mentioned, Harrison with Connor Kinnett at quarterback, yeah. has done really well. Done great. They've had a, they've had a, a close, all, close all, loss to East Central that, in overtime. That's only loss. Yep. Uh, so they've they've won games with defense. They've won games with offense. We all know about Winton Woods offensively with Mayan Williams. I'll and tell what you they what, though, the, the the thing that sticks out to me, and again, the the last three wins are not the the, the teams are not record wise good. West Claremont, Upper Arlington, Moeller. Yeah. But here was the scores, 49 nothing, 30-7, to 30. They dominated all three. And, oh, by the way, their opening win, yeah, it was over the Division Three Trotwood-Madison, 
but right. they're a great program. That's their only loss, and they beat them 36-7. to seven. Yeah, not, They are killing people. This isn't like college football where you schedule teams hoping. You schedule those guys. I mean, you schedule Moeller thinking they're going to be Moeller. Correct. Well, they I mean, schedule all the GCLs because right. no, nobody wants – they're not – the thing for them, they're not in a conference. They're, right. they're one of the few teams in the state, or at least in this area, that, that are non-conference. So they're trying to schedule everybody. And obviously the GCLs for them, it's a quality game for them because, yes. A, it's a quality opponent. Yes, it's a Division Two opponent, but it's a Division Two opponent that at least is going to go, you know, seven and three, eight and two. So you're going to get some decent second level points. Um, so yeah, I think, it, and they and they need games. So I think it's good for both. But uh, man, they are just they're killing people. And the same for LaSalle. I mean, LaSalle got that win over Lakota West, which we just talked about a moment ago. Correct. Beat them handily, thirty-one-seven. Mason is down this year. Beat them thirty-one to nothing. I don't know anything about the team from Massachusetts. They beat, but beat them handily, thirty-eight-sixteen, and beat an overmatched Dunbar, thirty-seven-seven. I think the jury is probably more out on them to me than yeah. Winton Woods is, just because quality of competition. But it's not like they're eking out these wins against comp- right. quality competition. Their defense is dominating. I guess the question is, do they have enough offense moving forward when you face a Winton Woods? Well, I, th- I think that that's what makes a matchup like that so exciting to see, and that's what makes a, a matchup against an elder and, and saying that. I mean, all those teams that can put up points, that's where the, the true test for LaSalle is going to come. But until then, you've got to take the eye test and what you've seen. And, and they've, they've, again, like Winton Woods, like Turpin, they've checked every box yeah, at this point. Right. It's not their fault that other teams have struggled. They've done what they needed to do. They come in, they dominate, they get a win, and they move on. Yep. All right, quickly, let's check Division Three, Region 12, where Franklin, uh, at least the local team, Franklin is third, Hamilton-Baden is fifth, Ross checks in at seventh. Ross just came off uh, its first loss of the season and lost to that Harrison team we talked about a moment ago, 48-10, to which I think says more about Harrison mm-hmm. than it does about Ross in a negative way. And Mount Healthy, which always schedules very tough, uh, they sit at number eight. Uh, and, and Mount Healthy, the Mount rest Mount Healthy is a scary one because they gave Wyoming all they can handle, and, and just beat Division Two, Little Miami, thirty six, yeah. thirty five in overtime. And yes, yep. they lost to Wyoming the week before, ten to seven. They've got uh, Ross this week, huge game for both there, and they still have down the road a chance to pick up some points against Talawanda, Division Two, which is four zero, and they still play Harrison yep. next to last game of the season. So Mount Healthy got in the playoffs last year at five and five, and it feels like if they can get a couple of those wins yep. along the way, probably get in again at five and five. And honestly, looking at their schedule, probably will finish at six and. Four and, and be in, in decent shape. In Division Four, Region 16, Wyoming sits number one. They're still undefeated. McNick sits at number three, three and one. Indian Hill, which lost, I believe, the opener of the season, has won all three since. Who they beat this week? Uh, I'm not sure who they Oh, they beat Deer week. Park. That's right. Deer Park beat them oh, soundly. Uh, Deer Park was undefeated as Deer well. Deer Park was undefeated. Beat them yeah. soundly. Uh, Indian Hill is number five. Bethel Tate is number six. And uh, Clinton Massey is number eight. I, I would suspect Clinton Massey will, will quite honestly, I think they've got a schedule that would have them probably run the t- – well, they got Bishop Hartley this week. If they – let's say they lose that game, they've got Goshen, Western Brown, Batavia, New Richmond, Wilmington. I would say if, if Clinton Massey goes 5-1, and one, not only will they make the playoffs, they'll move up that, that yeah. ladder. So a team that's made some good playoff runs here the last after, couple of years. After getting over the hurdle this week, th- this to me was Wyoming's last hurdle. They clear the hurdle of Reading. Uh, yeah, I think, and I, I think Wyoming I, 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 runs and, the table. And I, I was stunned that they cleared that because that's always been a roadblock yeah. for them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking. F- Fifty-five to six can't be the right score, can it? No, there's got to be a typo. Is that from Joe Idle? I believe it Get is. Get it together, Joe. It is. Well, you, you say that though, and I think you're right. But they've got undefeated Marymount, which yeah. we're going to talk about in a second. Undefeated Madeira, and then Deer Park, Finneytown, Taylor, and Indian Hill. Still the last the Indian game. Hill they still game. have Indian Hill. The last game. So we'll we'll. we'll I, I think you're right in what you're saying about yeah. the last hurdle being ready. I mean, it always is. It's a big hurdle for everybody. Yes. Wyoming, Wyoming was interesting to me because I thought they would just roll through everything. That Mount Healthy game, they got, that was a, a little bit of a realization that they don't have as much firepower 
in the skill position as they did last year. Yeah, they but still at the have, same time, they still, they still have, have Evan Prater. Yeah, Evan Prater and that defense. Yeah. I mean, you know, they the, the defense held Mount Healthy to seven points to get them to win the game. In Division Five, Region Twenty, Mary, uh, Madeira is number one there. Marymount two, Taft is number four. CHCA is five. Summit Country Day is seven. I've actually got them on a TV game in, in a couple of uh, weeks on October the twelfth, and I think who do they play that night? They play. Norwood that night. The wood. The wood, and the wood is uh, the wood is windless, so Summit should be able to continue rolling along there. In Division 6, Region 24, and again, this is kind of a mixed bag. There's not a lot of Cincinnati area teams. Uh, Deer Park is sitting at number uh, number 7 in the Harbins, and they are the only local team in that group. And then we go to Division 7, we're Region 28, and again, there's not a lot of local teams, a lot of uh, mixed bag. But New Miami sits at number 1. New Miami actually... Uh, was ranked in the AP poll this week in Division 7. They were ranked number 10th, so pretty nice for New Miami. Uh, Lachlan is knocking on the door. Oh, Cincinnati College Prep is number 3, and Lachlan's knocking on the door at number 9. Uh, over in Northern Kentucky, Covington Catholic continues to roll along. They got Beachwood uh, this past week, 49-3. to, to three. Uh, But as you look at, at the Covcast schedule, and uh, it, it'll start to ramp up in, in a significant fashion, Covcast still has. They've got Cooper this week. I think that's a clear win. Boone County's a yep. clear win. Yep. But then they finish out with LaSalle, Highlands, and Connor. And I think they are better than Connor, but I think Connor's good enough to at least challenge them for a period of time. And again, that would be coming off the LaSalle game and the Highlands game. Right. Um, I think this team is good enough to run the table. They continue to dominate. They've not given up a touchdown to any Northern Kentucky team. The only team of the four that they've played, they played Lexington Catholic out of Northern Kentucky. But the only team of the four that scored points was Beachwood got a field goal on them. So they have dominated right. Northern Kentucky competition at this point. And, and certainly as a I think they continue team. that going forward. I do too. All right. When we continue, we will talk some uh, NFL football. I got a, I got a shout out to my, my, my yes. guy, Paul Kramer from Newcastle. He's my guy. He played AAU basketball hey, for me. Did you see his first half? I already threw five touchdowns in the first half. 10 for 11. Five touchdowns. 284 right? and five touchdowns That's in the awesome. first half. I, I'm glad you gave that shout Glad out, to hear that. Because he is my guy as well. Congratulations to Paul Kramer and Newcath. And yes. He probably threw one to another one of my guys, Caleb Jefferson. See? See, we've got a couple, couple of my guys. See, you got guys spread out all over the place. Yep. I only got a handful of my guys. Yeah, you, you stick to that so, Kentucky area. Yeah, exactly. Those are my guys. All right, when we continue, we'll talk some NFL football, including the latest Bengals debacle and much, oh, much more. Okay. It's the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner. He's Tony Pike. We broadcast live from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. From your friend, truly, the, truly the James Rapine Memorial Studio after the loss he took. In many facets this weekend. The Big L. We'll be back. Back here at Lakota East High School. I'm Richard Skinner along with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. We're at halftime where Lakota East leads Princeton by a score of 21-7 to in... Almost a must-win for Princeton if it's going to make a march towards the playoffs this season. Let's look back at how we got to the point where we are right now with this 21-7 halftime score. Lakota East, the first time it had the football, drove eight play, eight, 78 yards in eight plays, chewed up four minutes and 20 seconds, and got a 31-yard touchdown run by Corey Dick with 3-8 to go in the first quarter to take a 7-0 lead. Princeton, though, answered on the very first play from scrimmage after getting the ball back. M.J. Horton, the quarterback, raced 80 yards for a touchdown. And the extra point tied things up at 7-7, but it didn't take East long to answer that right back. Going four plays, 56 yards in a minute 19, and getting a 26-yard touchdown pass from Mark Krajewski to Charlie Henrich. And the extra point made it 14-7. The lone score of the second quarter came after Princeton fumbled the football away. Thomas Boyd fumbled it. It was recovered at the East 
40-yard uh, line. They proceeded to march 60 yards in nine plays, and it was capped off by a two-yard touchdown run by Tavier Lugo Flowers, and that's where we stand right now at halftime with Lakota East on top of Princeton 21-7. to Offensively in the first half of play, East got 207 yards rushing, 49 passing for 256 overall. This against a defense that's giving up 197.5 yards per game on the season. And again, that defense gave up 256 in the first half, 207 rushing, came in giving up just 3.2 yards per carry. But East gashed them for almost seven yards per pop on the ground in that first half. East had 12 first downs. Princeton had only four first downs, did have 168 yards of offense. 113 rushing, 55 passing, and a lot of that uh, 168 yards came on the one run by M.J. Horton, the 80-yard touchdown dash. Other than that, on the other 16 plays in the half, Princeton got just 88 yards of offense and only three other first downs. Individually for Princeton, M.J. Horton leads the way on the ground with 90 yards on seven carries. He also completed three of four passes for 55 yards. Thomas Boyd carried four times for 12 yards, and D'Angelo Foster carried it once for 11 yards. Uh, also in the passing game, Dorian Durham threw an incompletion as he came in to sub for MJ Horton for a play after he lost his helmet and missed on a deep pass. For Lakota East, it was led in rushing in the first half. Corey Dick ran it 10 times for 119 yards. Charlie Kenrich carried six times for 45 yards. And Tavier Lugo Flowers carried nine times for 28. And the quarterback, Mark Krajewski, five times for 15 yards. Krajewski in the first half passing-wise was two of two for 49 yards. And that touchdown to Kenridge, this is a team that doesn't throw it very often, just an average of seven times per year. They threw it two times in the first half and completed both. They one for 26 yards and another one for 23 yards. And that's where we are here at halftime with Lakota East on top of Princeton by a count of seven, or 21 to seven. East looking to go to four and one overall, looking to improve to three and zero oh in the Greater Miami Conference. Still ahead for East next week. They play at Fairfield, which at halftime tonight was leading Lakota West 13-7. Then they have Oak Hills, then at Lakota West, at Colerain and Hamilton. So a tough portion of the program coming up, three of the next four games against arguably the three best teams in the Greater Miami Conference. And a tough stretch coming up for Lakota East. Princeton in desperate need of a win, as I mentioned. They're 2-2. Two two. They were 10th in the Harbin ratings this week in the region coming in. East was 7th. Really pretty much have to go at least I would think four and two if not five and one down the stretch of the last six games to make it in the playoffs and here at halftime down 21 to seven and a lot of work still to do for this Princeton football team which after tonight will play at Middletown next week then host Fairfield on October the 11th and at Oak Hills home for Lakota West and they're home for Mason so they do have a, a portion of the schedule they, they, they should be able to win three of those Middletown Oak Hills and Mason West, you would think, at being at home, it's a 50-50 game, and probably, technically, Fairfield is the better of the teams, and so we'll give that a 30% chance of win. Tonight, you would have thought was it 50-50 at, at worst, if not maybe tilted a bit in Princeton's favor, but they trail at 21-7, and got to get something going on both sides of the ball to start this second half, and East, after Princeton won the toss to start the game, that means that East will get the ball to start the second half with that 21-7 lead. And we're about set for football. Second half action here from Lakota East High School. The sun completely set. Still kind of a very warm night. We've had pretty good weather for the most part this high school football season. Been a little warm. Hasn't been overly hot. And the good part is we've pretty much avoided rain. So that's been the good news. So kicking it off for Princeton, it'll be Hayden Cobbs. To the far side to receive it will be Corey Dick, who had that fine first half. Also good, good half on defense as well. And to the near side awaiting it is Nick Rabin. 
Princeton going left to right in this third quarter as you look at whatever your listening device is you're listening to us on. And we're set for second half action, and Princeton needs a comeback here in the worst way, down 14 to start half number two, and didn't show a whole lot of life on either side of the ball in the first half. Cobb's waiting for the signal from the official. He gets it. Now we'll get him set, ready to move on the football, which he does. And he pops a high, short kick. Raven's going to field it on the 11. Angling off to the right across the 15, still trying to get to the corner at the 20. Gets up the corner, 25-30, in the open space, 35, and up to the 39-yard line. So not a great way for Princeton to start the second half on the kickoff return. Now let's see if they can start it better defensively. Cody East had it five times in the first half, and really only four. They basically took a knee on their final drive of the half. But their first three drives resulted in touchdowns. The fourth time they had it, they got down to the Princeton 25 before Princeton made a nice stand. It was getting ready to be maybe 28-7 at that point, but Princeton was able to hold them off and keep it within a two-score deficit at 21-7. See if the defense can get a stop here to start the second half and get a quick score and get right back in this thing. East puts two receivers to the left. They'll start in the I formation this time. Dick the I back. He's going to hand it to the fullback, Lugo Flowers, and he is hit and decked right away. Actually, right in the chest of Todd Harding, who's down for a moment. Darian Henry also helped out on the stop. It'll be a gain of just a yard. Nice job by Harding. He's jumping up and down trying to shake that hit off. And East can be very methodical on offense, this option offense. We've seen mostly the double wing sets tonight, but they open the second half in the eye. Quarterback Krajewski ran all the way to the sideline to talk to the coaching staff, and he runs back to the huddle with 15 on the play clock. They're still in the huddle. Down to 10 on the play clock, and very methodically coming out of the huddle. they got to hurry. Down to six. This time, double wings each way, one wide out to the left. They send Dick in motion to, from wing to the left to the right, handed off to the fullback, Lugo Flowers, and not much. Got up to the 43, and was slung down by Christian Kilgus-Dixon. Tavier Lugo Flowers got three yards there, and now it's third and six, and what a golden opportunity here for this Princeton defense. Third and six for the Thunder off. Played just a little over a minute in the second half of play. 21-7, Princeton trails it. They check one of the tight ends out, or, or the tight end out, and come with another wide receiver, so they'll have wide outs each way and wings each way, and Tavier Lugo Flowers the running back. Krajewski under center, looks at the Princeton defense, sees a five-man front on third and six. Dick goes in motion off the wing to the left, going right, dropping to throw Krajewski. Fires a pass that is caught or broken up, broken up. Nice job by Jaden Scarborough. He almost jumped the receiver on the route as he just got right inside the intended receiver, Jack Hartman. And a good job that time by Jaden Scarborough to knock it away and break it up. And Dakota East on its first possession of the second half, going to have to punt it away. It'll be Fernando Rivera in punt formation. Stands at his 30. Leroy Bowers, D'Angelo Foster, and twin safety stand back at the 25-yard line to await the punt. Princeton got pushed around in that first half, but a three and out to start the second half. Waiting on the snap. It's a good one. Rivera almost got his punt blocked, and they ran into him, and that's going to be an automatic first down. Punt is going to bounce, and it's going to roll dead as... Running into him was Elijah Eberhardt. I mean, he just knocked the punter straight down. He almost had a chance to block it. It's going to be, I'm going to guess, yep, personal foul, roughing the punter. That's just a killer. Man, this team cannot get out of its own way from penalty perspective. I mean, Eberhardt's trying to make a play on that one. That one... You just, you just can't run straight into him. you got to angle it or something. You can't run straight into the guy. Try to angle away from it. 
He was saying he was blocked into him, but I, I, I don't buy it. And neither did the referee because he's standing right there watching it. So the 15-yard penalty after Princeton got off the field on third and six will give Lakota East a first down at the Princeton 41-yard line. That'll dispirit your defense. Let's see if they've got an answer here. Did a good job defending every asset of the run game, the first possession. They'll bring the tight end back in, so they'll slot two receivers left. Actually, Dixon a slot. They'll go out of the I formation. Henrich, the I back, all set to the right. Take the snap, fake it to the fullback, down the line of the option play, and getting swallowed for a loss was the quarterback, Krajewski. He wanted to try to pitch it, but Darian Henry just wrapped him up and engulfed him. All six foot five, 260 pounds of him. And drops Krajewski for a loss back to the 43, a loss of two. So the first half, they were able to get to the perimeter in that option game and pitch it and get Dick a lot of times running wide. He ran for 119 yards in that first half. At that time, Krajewski just barely pulled out of the fullback's belly and got dropped for a loss. We'll go with a wishbone set this time. With Flowers the fullback. No tight end, wide outs each way. Turn, pitch it off on a trail back. Dick trying to get to the corner, and he will not do so. Gets to the 40, maybe inside of it to the 39. Elijah Eberhardt was able to run him out of bounds there. So a gain of three and another chance to get a stop here. It'll be third and seven for East at the Princeton 39. Seem like they've done a much better job of identifying how they want to stop the option game. They got everybody accounted for, which they really did not have in that first half. Third and seven. One wide out comes left. They'll go back to the wing back each way. They have a tight end of the game to the right. And Lugo Flowers, the lone running back. Now Dickin goes in motion off the wing left. They run the option hand at the fullback, and Lugo Flowers is dropped for a loss. In the backfield, Christian Kilgus Dixon dropped him at the 40-yard line for a loss of one. And that Princeton defense forces another punt situation the last time they ran into the punter. So two possessions for East and the only first down they got was via the roughing the punter. Bowers and Foster in twin safeties. Rivera stands at his own 46 to await the snap. So those were honestly six really good plays by the Princeton defense. After getting manhandled in the first half, snap is a low one. It bounces but easily picking up Rivera. No rush this time. So a very high, short punt that is going to bounce and take a Lakota East bounce inside the 15. It'll roll dead at about the 14 or so yard line. And now the Princeton offense, see if it shows some life after the defense certainly showed some life on that first possession of the second half. And there was different guys making tackles on that, on those first handful of plays of the second half. So a lot more activity from different players. But this offense, which has just had a hard time all year, Getting anything sustained from a drive perspective. See if maybe he can just get a big play here. That's what it's lived on. Thomas Boyd back in the game will be the running back with MJ Horton at the quarterback spot. They open up with wide receivers, two to the left, one to the right. And actually, Foster's on a wing left. Now Foster and another player, Matthews, go in motion to the right. They can set themselves. And now Princeton's going to have to take a timeout. I feel they snap it. Man, that was a mess. Here's Horton running, and the ball squirts loose. I think he was down. He was. He was down at the 20-yard line. They, they threw the flag anyway. They had two guys, and that was a mess. 
Two guys started, one was on a wing left, one was in the slot left, and they both came in motion. Now you can get yourself reset, which they never did. Five-yard penalty, back them up. Just almost trying to get way too cute. Just line up and run the ball with that offensive line. Goodness sakes. First and 15, and they're back market at the nine. No, actually, they'll mark it at the 10, so they started this possession at the 15, not the 14. Early stages, second half, Princeton down 21-7, but has the football. First and 15, back on its own 10-yard line. Boy to the left of Horton, is in the shotgun, awaits the snap. He's going to hand it off with Foster, coming on a jet sweep, going left, and he's tackled at the 10-yard line. Boy, nice job in the open field of making a tackle right there. Was able to trip him up was the outside linebacker, Hayden King. With a tackle for the Vikings. So a gain of a yard up to the 16, and that is all. And Princeton, again, just... Second down, Vikings. It's not a big play. They're not getting much otherwise. Two receivers each way. Boyd to the left of the quarterback. Horton in the shotgun. Takes the snap. Drops the throw. Sets his feet. Guns it towards the middle. Caught by Burkhalter across the 25 to the 30. And all the way up to the 32-yard line. Sterling Burkhalter. There is a penalty flag, though. And I'm guessing that's in the area of offensive holding. It's behind the line of scrimmage at the 5-yard line. And this play carried it for a first down up to the 32. But they're walking back. Man, oh man, oh man. Holding Holy against Princeton. Offense, number 72. They have to go against the left tackle, Vincent Munlin. So this will back Princeton up to the, let's see, it's hard to see where the, we're not up high enough sometimes to see exactly where the yard marker is. Yeah, back them up to the five-yard line. So it'll be second and 20 from the five. Clock inside of eight minutes to go here in the third quarter. Horton in the shotgun, sends a man in motion left to right, takes the snap, drops to his end zone to throw, looking. He's going to fire up the sideline, and some traffic intercepted, dropped. Breaking on the football was the corner on that side. I think that was Nick Rabin, I believe, or was it Kyle Poppy? One of the two of them was over there to step in front. Yeah, it was Poppy. And he just dropped it. He had it along the sideline and plenty of room to get his feet in and just couldn't hang on to it. So make it third and 20 Princeton from its own five. With 20 yards to go, it's third down. Not a lot of life in this second half so far. The defense did do a good job on the Cody East first possession, forced a punt. Then after they ran into the punter, forced another punt. Princeton backed up to its own five here. Third and 20. Two wideouts each way. One running back to the left of Horton. Takes the shotgun snap, fakes it. Going to keep it running towards the left side. Gets only up to the 10-yard line, and that is all. Before Combani to make the stop were Justin Katona, one of the linebackers on the inside, and Hayden King, the outside backer. Princeton's going to have to punt the ball from its own end zone as the game got up to the 9-yard line. It'll be Rabin and Dick back in twin safety, standing at their own, standing actually at the Princeton 40 as Matthew stands in his own end zone to await the snap. And this has been an adventure this year. Snap's a good one, though. Matthews takes it, punts it out of there. It's a high, short punt. 
Going to be fielded by Dick at the 42 on a fair catch in Princeton territory. And Lakota East, its defense continuing to do the job, really only giving up the one big play, the 80-yard touchdown run by M.J. Horton as this offense continues to stumble and bumble and commit penalties. And now East with a two-touchdown lead is going to have great field position in this Princeton defense with its back against the wall again. They did a good job, though, in the... First part of this second half with whatever they did to adjust to that option game. We'll come back out in the eye. It'll be Lugo Flowers, the up man. The eye back is Henrich. Jeske takes it, hands it off to the fullback. Lugo Flowers slips one tackle inside the 40. Can't slip a second as Juan Jarrett grabbed him and drove him to the ground at about the 38, maybe the 37. But they run the option play going right, left it off to the fullback. Javier Lugo Flowers and picks up four yards down to the 38-yard line. And that's the one thing. When you're trailing against an offense like this, you almost can't afford for them to get a first down because they'll chew up three or four minutes on the clock by getting just one first down. We're going to be midway through this quarter, this third quarter, by the time the next ball is snapped. Eye formation again with a wing back, Kenrich to the right, Dick the eye back this time. Turns, heads down the line of the option right, hands it off to the fullback Flowers. Not much there as... Kevin Suttles and Christian Tilgus Dixon came up to stop the fullback as he left it off in his belly again. He got two down to the 36. And it'll be third and about four from there. As we are inside of four minutes. Or excuse me, inside of six minutes to go in the third quarter. Big play again here. Maybe four down territory for East. We'll see. We go back to the double wing. Look, one wide out left. Nobody else wide. A wing on each side. Dick to the left. Henrich to the right. Now Henrich comes in motion right to left behind the formation. They're going to hand it back off on the scissor play. Going back right is Dick, and he is going. Well, he did. He, they should have pushed him the other way. Instead, Jaheim Thomas took him, and he carried him two yards forward almost to the first down marker when he should have pushed him backwards. Man, that's going to be right, right by the first down marker. I think he's going to be a hair short, and he is, but... What was Jaheim Thomas doing? He tackled him and brought him with him. That should have been a gain of a yard at most. Now it's fourth and inches. Nobody wide. They're in the inverted wishbone set with two fullbacks in front of Lugo Flowers, the deep back. They're going to turn, hand at Lugo Flowers, running straight ahead. I don't think he got there. He got stonewalled right in the backfield. He didn't even come close. He might have lost a yard. As Todd Harding, I believe, is the guy who... No, Darian Henry. Who else? Knife through there to drop him for a loss. Yeah, he, they, they gave him some forward progress. But that's still going to be well short of the first down, I believe. Henry, nice through there. Now they're going to bring the chains on. They're, if they, if they gave him a spot forward, that's insane because he, he didn't even come close. I think he's going to be about a half a yard short here. I think he had to get all the way to the 32-yard line itself, and he's about, I'll say, at least a foot, if not too short, as they bring the chains on and stretch it. And it's going to be short of the first down. So Princeton has held on fourth down, and the defense has sprung to life with 4.43 to go in the third. It has played very well to start this second half. A big fourth down stand. Now it's up to the offense, which has shown really no life other than the M.J. Horton touchdown run. See who comes into quarterback. 
Durham was in for one play. It's going to be MJ Horton again. And they're going to come out with two receivers left. One to the right. They have a tight end of the game, Matthews. Boyd to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Looks at a five-man front. Now sends a man in motion going left. Foster hands it to him on a jet sweep coming right. Looking to make a cut. Now cuts it all the way back across the field. Can he get to the corner? Horton out there to try to throw a block for him, and he cannot. He got up across the 40 to the 41-yard line. Very nice open field tackle. Horton did a great job to run downfield and try to block for him. But Josh Jones was able to knife in behind him and make the stop. It's a good gainer on the play. Gain of about eight up to the 41, maybe nine up to the 41. Foster tried to run the jet sweep coming right, saw a bunch of bodies, and then cut back left and had a lot of room to run and had Horton out there blocking in front of him. But Jones came knifing in behind to make a nice play. Second and caught a long one from the 41. Now Foster goes in motion again left to right. They fake the jet to him, hand it off to Boyd. Off left guard he goes, and he lowers his head and gets the first down to the 45. Right Hayden King made the stop for East, but Princeton gets a first down at its own 45. Clock stop momentarily, 4.28 to go here in the third, and Princeton down 21 to 7. This is a very important drive here. Get yourself back within one score. Defense has sprung to life to start the second half. Can the offense respond? Two receivers come right. It's Foster and Harris. Burkhalter by himself to the left. James, or actually Scarborough's in there at the game of running back. They fake it to him. Horton runs straight ahead and can't quite get through the tackle at the point of attack. He got up to the 50-yard line, so short gain. It was the nose tackle, though. Aaron Sharp who made the stop. But a good gainer. I should give him five up to the 50-yard line. Jaden Scarborough in there at running back. Of course, James Price got hurt last week. So Scarborough in there to give Boyd a little bit of a breather. He stays in the game. Two receivers right, one to the left, off the hash mark to the left. Look like a player for look like a player for Lakota. He's jumped. I can't believe they didn't call the penalty. It looked like he clearly jumped. Play clock down to eight. Horton looks, claps his hands, takes it. Just gonna throw it out to Burkhalter wide open to the left, catches it inside the 50 to the 45 before he's hogtied and held up as he's shoved out of bounds. That should be near a first down marker. It was Kyle Poppy, the corner, who made the stop. See where they mark it. They clearly got to the 45. They're going to mark him a yard shy of the first down at the 46. That's a terrible spot. I mean, he clearly got to the first down marker on the far side. He got inside of it and then got shoved backwards. Yeah, he was clearly across it. Looking at the replay next to us, no doubt about it. As it is third and one, Princeton at the 46. Two wideouts left, one right. Now Foster comes in motion. Off the slot, they fake the handoff. Horton runs straight ahead, lowers his shoulder, and I don't know if he got it. Got right to the marker. Sharp to nose guard, and they got an injured Lakota East player down at the moment, too, at the bottom of the pile. They are going to give him the first down, so he did get right to the 45. They signaled first down, and now there's Lakota East player shaking up at the moment, laying on his back right where the play unfolded. We'll take a timeout as they tend to the injured player. 3-10 to go here in the third quarter of the score. It's Lakota East 21, Princeton 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. It's powered by Sidearm Sports. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? 
At Northwestern Mutual Cincinnati, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right question, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want, now and years from now. Plan your financial story with Northwestern Mutual. Contact us today at 513-366-3600 or visit us on the web at cincinnati.nm.com. Back here at Lakota East High School, Richard Skinner along with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. The injured player for Lakota East is walking off under his own power. That's Justin Katona, one of their linebackers. So the good part is he is walking off under his own power. And the good news for Prince at the moment is it has a first down at the Lakota East just inside the 45-yard line, down 21-7. The defense, which got dominated in the first half, is... Played very well to start the second half. Now see if the offense can respond in kind. It went three and out the first time it had the ball. Putting together a little bit of a march right here. They have four receivers bunched to the right. Very tight to the line of scrimmage. And Horton's just going to run his quarterback sweep that way. Gets a good block inside the 45-40 and down to the 35. And lowers his shoulder. Gets to the 34-yard line. That's going to be a gain of 10-plus yards. And that's going to be a first down as well. Hayden King. Max Mickelson were there to combine on the stop, but it's a nice gainer. They just bunched four receivers just outside the right tackle. Or four players. I don't know if they were all receivers or not, but four players that way, and Horton just ran right behind all of them. So first down, Princeton at the east, 34. Burkhalter doesn't join the huddle. He goes out wide left the open side of the field. Harris will come out wide right the short side along with D'Angelo Foster, the slot man. Boyd, the running back to the left of Horton in the gun. Now Foster goes in motion right to left. They're going to fake the handoff to him. Horton running straight ahead inside the 25. Almost had the ball taken away as he got inside the or inside the 30 rather to the 29. Sharp, the nose guard, grabbed the football, tried to grab it out of his hands as he went by. He made the tackle, but Horton kept the football and gets five yards on it. Mixing in that jet sweep action. It's kind of freeing some things up between the tackles at the moment. Nice gain on first down of five. Inside two minutes to go here in the third. Harris and Foster come right in a slot. Ball in the middle of the field this time. Burkhalter by himself to the left. Boyd to the left of Horton in the gun. They hand it off to Foster on a jet sweep running left. He wants to pull up and throw the football. Now he's in some trouble. He's going to go for a loss. He looked confused on what he wanted to do with it. And by the time he started dancing around, Mickelson came up. And also, Mickelson. And Michael Howard, the linebacker, were there to make the stop. I don't know. Well, they were trying some trick play of some kind, but I don't know what, the, what it was supposed to be. I don't know if he was going to throw it or throw it back to Horton maybe and then decided not to, but as it is, it's a loss of seven. Loss of six. Man, you can't have those plays. Just keep moving it down the field. Third and 11 from the 35-yard line now. Harris to the right. Foster in a slot inside of Burkhalter there to the left. That's the short side of the field. And now a timeout, I think, for Princeton. As the ball got snapped past the quarterback. So Princeton takes a timeout on an important third and 11 with 56.9 seconds to go here in the third. This offense, which has really sputtered badly the last two weeks, got just 13 points against Sycamore, had 14 points last week against Colerain. 
so far tonight as we approach the end of quarter number three, just sitting on seven points. And that came on one long run, an 80-yard gallop by MJ Horton. Princeton needing to convert this third down. If not, probably four down territory. They're at the 35 of East. But the problem is you're running out of time quickly. You need to almost convert on this drive because East can chew up some time. Now, the second half, obviously, the only first down East has had came on the roughing the punter. They technically went three and out, punted the football to Princeton. The roughing the punter occurred on that play. Then Princeton forced another punt after three and out. And then moments ago, stopped them on fourth and inches, fourth and a yard or so, to get the football back. So needing to convert this third down, they send one wide out, Rodney Harris Jr. wide right. Two to the left, the short side of the field. Foster the slot man, Burkhalter out that way. They have Matthews is in a tight end. He's set to the right. Boyd in the running back, set to the left. Now Foster comes in motion left to right across the formation. Horton takes the snap, drops to throw. Guns it left side and short hops the intended receiver. Burkhalter, or they say he caught it. Oh, I think it short hopped him. Well, Princeton, I think Princeton's going to get a great break right here. They said that was a catch. That sure looked like it short hopped him. But they give Burkhalter the catch, so a great break for Princeton. It'll be a first down at the 23-yard line. Man, Zach Waddell looking at the replay next door to us. Hard to tell, I'm guessing. Well, good break for Princeton. Take it and run with it. Take it and convert it. Two wideouts left, one to the right. First down, Princeton at the 23 of East. Here's Foster goes in motion left to right. They fake it to him, hand it to Boyd, running straight ahead and running nowhere as he is stacked up right at the line of scrimmage. Sharp the nose guard along with Michael Howard were there to stack him up for no gain. Princeton may not get another snap here in the third quarter down to 20 seconds to go. Second and 10 at the Lakota East 23. Of course, last year Princeton won the game on a Hail Mary on the final play of the game only to have it wiped out when later that next week they were forced to forfeit three games, including that Lakota East game. Well, time is going to expire here in the third quarter. It's going to have to be a great comeback in the fourth quarter for Princeton. As we go to the fourth quarter, play the score is Lakota East 21, Princeton 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. London Computer Systems is a seven-time top workplace thanks to their top Cincinnati workforce. For three decades, LCS has been a leading provider of critical business technologies, including their signature property management software, Rent Manager. Take the next step in your career and join this award-winning workforce. Visit www.lcs.com careers today. Back here at Lakota East High School, I'm Richard Skinner with our producer-engineer, Zach Waddell. We get set to start the fourth quarter of play. The Princeton defense came to life there in quarter number three, thanks to our guy Dan Wright in that third quarter. East didn't have very much offense at all, just 15 total yards and one first down. Princeton had doubled its first down output. It had four in the first half and has eight now for the game. Face with a second and 10 here to start the fourth quarter. Foster goes in motion off the slot, left all the way to the right. Horton waits for the snap, takes it, drops the throw, sets his feet, guns left. Caught by Burkholz at the 15, spins away at the 10, down to the five, and he is going to be pushed out of bounds down there. 
did a great job to make the catch with a defender running at him from behind and then spun away from him. Was finally shoved out of bounds by Josh Jones at the five yard line. It'll be first and goal Princeton from there, eight seconds into this fourth quarter. So a chance to get back within one score. Princeton punches it in here. On the hash mark to the left, they send Burkhalter to the short side of the field. Foster on a wing left. Boyd to the left of Horton in the shotgun. One wide receiver right. Horton takes it, hands to Boyd, running off right guard and runs into the end zone, standing up for the touchdown. So Princeton's offense responds to what its defense did and marches down to cut the Lakota East lead to 21-13, 13 seconds into the fourth quarter of play. It'll be Michael Everson on to attempt the point after to try to make it a seven-point game. And now you've got to be feeling better on that Princeton sideline if the defense can continue playing the way it did in that third quarter when the only first down came on a penalty. Dorian Durham to hold. The snap is a high one. He gets it down. The kick is up, and it's blocked. It was blocked, and I mean swatted down like you were a guy at the rim. And now I think they're going to call a penalty for shoving the kicker down after the play was over. It was blocked very easily. But now a penalty flag comes in. Let's see what we get here. Comes the call. The kick was no good. After the ball was dead, we have a personal foul on the defense that will be assessed on the kickoff. So Princeton going to kick off 15 yards further, so the extra point block stands, and it was an easy block. I mean, he was right there to swat it down. And got an injured player being helped off for Princeton at the moment, too. That's the kicker. That's Everson. He got shoved down after the play. And he's having to help him off the field. He's got his arm around a trainer on each side of him. They, do, they have used at times Hayden Cobbs, who does the kickoff duties. He has done some placement kick duties. And really, the next touchdown Princeton would score, they'd have to go for two anyway. But the kicking game woes continue as the snap was a bit high. By the time it was placed down, it was late. And that allowed for the easy blocked extra point. Of course, the... Missed snap in the Sycamore game towards the end of that. Allowed Sycamore to get a scoop and score to tie it with less than two minutes to go. And they, of course, won it on a field goal on the final play of the game. So Princeton does get the touchdown. They don't get the extra point. So the next time they score, they'll have to go for two. And that's conceding the fact that they also have to hold Lakota East as well. So the one part here for Cobbs, he can kick it off. He'll kick it off from... The 50-yard line, I mean, you could pooch this, you could onside it, you could decide to kick it to the end zone and pin them deep. A lot of options here for Princeton on this kickoff. So they assess the penalty. Actually, excuse me, they'll kick off at the 45 of East. I mean, again, you got a lot of options available to you here. I mean, even if you try to onside kick this and don't get it, they're only going to get the ball around their own 35, 30-ish yard line. You could also try to pop one high in the air and try to pin it to a corner, although that's the flirting with the danger of kicking it out of bounds. Or you can just do the other thing, which would Cobbs could probably kick this one into the end zone for the touchback. I, I think they try to pop this one up and get the football. We're 13 seconds into the fourth quarter. Lakota East led 21-7 at halftime. It's now 21-13. Princeton just scored the touchdown on the Thomas Boyd five-yard TD run. So here we go. Cobbs, let's see what he decides to do. Moves on the football, and he is going to kick it with his left foot high into the air, and Princeton's going to recover it at the 30-yard line. 
Leroy Bowers is the one who caught, he caught it straight out of the air at the 31 yard line. Now there is a flag down. Penalty flag on the play. I thought the ball hit the ground first. If it did, that should be a live football. Otherwise, they could call for a fair catch on that if it went straight up into the air. We'll have to see what the call's gonna be. Bowers kicked that with his left foot. I think Mike Daniels is pointing to the ground saying he kicked it off the ground. I think they're gonna call interference with the catch here and Prince is not gonna get the football. After all, Bowers made a very athletic play to come in and catch it at the 31 yard line. So they did opt to onside it. Cobbs, who's right footed, kicked it with his left foot. Here comes the call. Kick catching interference on the kicking team. That's a 15 yard penalty from the spot of the foul. First down. Wow, that's, that's, that's a rough one. So they're gonna have it marked 15 yards from where he caught it. So instead of Princeton having the ball at the Lakota East 31, Lakota East is going to have the ball on its own 46, and I don't know about that one. Actually, they'll make it, mark it at the 45. Trying to find Mike Daniels to see if he's trying to talk to the official about it. To be honest, I did not see a hand go off up to, to catch it. And I thought he kicked the ball into the turf and then up in the air. As it is, it's a first down east at its own 45. In motion goes Dick off the wing to the left. They're going to hand on the scissor to Henrich going right, and he's going to go nowhere, or going left, excuse me. Jaheim Thomas got in the backfield to drop him for a loss of one, and this Princeton defense, which gave up 256 yards in the first half, has come to life here in the second half. It's a loss of two. And Henrich on the wing right. They ran the wing back off the left side and then tried to hand it on the scissor coming back the other way. It was very effective in the first half. Almost all of their runs were, whether it was a handoff dive to the fullback on the option, the pitch wide on the option, or that scissor play. But so far in the second half, not much doing for Lakota East. They go from the I form, actually the wishbone now. Turn, fake it, pitch it out to the outside. The ball is loose on the turf, and it's Henrich is able to gobble it up back at the 40-yard line and slide out of bounds with it. It's going to be a loss of three more yards. It'll be third and 15 East from its own 40. Actually, Henrich stayed in bounds when he scooped it up because the clock continues to run inside 11 minutes. Princeton defense. This is not the same unit we saw in the first half. This is more like the unit we saw a lot of times in the first four games. They're trying to get that. You can hear some of the crowd across the way. That's the Princeton section. Third and 15 for East. This is a team that's only thrown the ball an average of seven times per game. Krajewski tonight, two for two in the passing department. But usually they pass when they want to, not when they have to. It's third and 15. Wing back each way. Henrich goes in motion off the wing right to the left. There's an option going that way. Pitch it back to Henrich. Gets across the 45 and run out of bounds at the 47, maybe 48-yard line. Well short of the first down. John Harris and Kevin Suttles there to force him out of bounds. And East is going to have to punt it right back. Pitch out of bounds on the play by number 11, Ron Jarrett. Mark it at the 47, so Rivera will punt it. It'll be Bowers back in single safety. No, actually, now Foster's going to join him back there in twin safeties. They stand at their own 25. Rivera, the punter, stands at his own 33 to await the snap. Clock stopped as he went out of bounds with 10-14 to go in the game. Princeton down 21-13. They almost blocked the punt earlier, but got a roughing the punter penalty. Here's the snap back to Rivera. 
and he gets the punt away. A nice high end over and kick. Fair catch signal for by Foster and takes it back on the 19-yard line, and that's where Princeton will begin. Down by eight. That'll mark it right at the 20. Down by eight with 10.07 to go in the game. The defense has done its job in the second half. Offense put together one of its best drives in a, in a while on the last time they had the ball. They'll send one receiver each up, two receivers right, one to the left. That's the open side of the field off the hash mark to the right. Princeton going right to left in this fourth quarter. Horton takes the shotgun snap, hands it to Boyd, running straight ahead, trying to pick his way through some traffic, comes across the 20 to the 23, maybe up to the 24 before he's pushed back. Sharp the nose guard again getting off the bottom of the pile. They'll mark him at the 23 for a gain of three on first down. Burkhalter doesn't join the huddle. He comes out wide left. This time the ball's in the middle of the field, though. So it doesn't have quite the extra yardage on that side. Two receivers to the right. Foster the slot man. Let's see if they bring him in motion. They've been doing that a lot. Here he comes. Two to the left. They fake it to him. Horton keeps it, looking for some running room. Breaks one tackle and takes tacklers with him across the 30 to the 31-yard line, and that's a first down. It was Katona, the linebacker, and Hayden King, the outside linebacker, combined on the stop. But Horton, he was hit at the 25 and just kept his body leaning forward and leaned it all the way across the 30 to the 31, and that's a first down, Princeton. Burkhalter, Megan Harris this time goes out wide right. That's the open side of the field. Burkhalter and Foster come out to the left. Foster the slot man. Off the hash mark to the left. Foster goes in motion, going to the right. Gets the handoff on a jet sweep running right. Trying to find some running room, and he is going to be tackled for a lot. He's still not down yet, but he's going to be buried for a long. No, he got away, and he almost, he's still on his feet. Up the right sideline, D'Angelo Foster. Nobody's going to catch him. He's going to go for a touchdown. They had him tackled for a seven-yard loss back at about the 24-yard line. He kept fighting and fighting and fighting and finally found his way all the way up the sideline. It'll go 69 yards and a Princeton touchdown. Princeton gets caught for a sideline warning on the play. It's just a warning, but the touchdown stands, and now Princeton a two-point conversion away from tying the football game up. D'Angelo Foster tried to run the jet sweep right. He was going to be tackled for a loss once. He stayed on his feet. Looked like two other guys got him two yards further back. He kept fighting more. Finally got away, and it was almost like everybody else for Lakota East thought the play was going to be over. And once he got in the clear up the sideline, they weren't going to catch him. 69 yards and a touchdown. And now Princeton, because of that last blocked extra point, going to have to go for two right here. Down 21-19 with 8.52 to go in the football game. And all the momentum on the Vikings' side. Going to leave Harris out wide to the right. They'll start on the, actually the ball in the middle of the field. Two receivers go left, Burkhalter and Foster. Boyd to the left of Horton in the shotgun. This to try and tie it up with just under nine minutes to go. Here's Horton, takes the snap, drops the throw, guns it. Caught by Burkhalter. He was wide, wide open. Looked like they might have run a little rub play. Foster was in the slot, went outside. Burkhalter crossed inside of him, and nobody went on a miscommunication. And Princeton on the 69-yard touchdown run and the two-point conversion pass from Horton to Burkhalter has now tied things up. It's 21 apiece, Princeton and Lakota East. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sport. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit. 
a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com slash radio for more information. Back here at Lakota East High School, 8.52 to go in the game. Richard Skinner with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. Princeton, Lakota East tied at 21 apiece after the Vikings down 21-7 at halftime. They've allowed just one first down in the second half after giving up 12 in the first half. And that first down came on a roughing the punter penalty. It'll be Hayden Cobbs to kick it off. Back deep for East, they're standing way up at about the 15 yard line, Raven to the far side, and to the near side is John Scott. Here's the kickoff, very high short punt there. Kickoff is gonna bounce in, it's gonna be fielded by an up back, and boy, Princeton almost got a good break. That was a heck of a catch made right there by the up back, and he got leveled. It's the starting split end. Jack Hartman, he did a great job to hang on to that football because he got decked. They tried to pop it over the front line, and they did successfully. It took a good bounce, actually, for Hartman. Bounced right up to him. And the Thunderhawks will have it on their own 38-yard line, but that was almost a Princeton football. See if this defense can keep it rolling. It's done its job to this point in the second half. The offense with a nice scoring drive and then the great individual effort by D'Angelo Foster to break numerous tackles after they had him for a loss and go 69 yards. Out of the eye formation with a wing back to the left, offset eye in the backfield this time. Henrich is the deep back. Turn, option handed off to the fullback, not much doing. They stack him up at the line of scrimmages. Lugo Flowers got the handoff. Jaheim Thomas and Darian Henry got a hold of him and drop him for no gain. They have stuffed every portion of this option game in the second half. They'll give him, actually give him two up to the 40, maybe three to the 41, but not much. Check a tight end out. They're going to put another wide receiver, I believe, in the game. Yep, they're going to go to the wishbone set. One wide out each way, so they do. The wideouts aren't very wide. They're almost like tight ends split out in the wishbone this time. Juski takes it. Options to the left-hand side, pitches it back to Henrich, nothing to Darian Henry again, and Jaheim Thomas again, and Leroy Bowers is the guy that forced the pitch to come quickly. He'll lose a yard back to the 40-yard line. And again, this offense not designed for these plays upcoming. It'll be third and eight for East at its own 40-yard line. Princeton fought back from 21-7 down to tie it at 21 all here in the fourth quarter. Still 7.30 to go. One wide out goes left. Two come this side. Henrich will be the slot man. We'll go Flowers will go to the left of Krajewski who's in the shotgun. Takes the snap. Drops to throw. Looking to pass. Steps up through the pressure. Rolling right. Throws a pass on the run and a nice grab yeah, for a first down by Hartman at the 47-yard line. Darian Henry came off the edge and just couldn't quite grab the quarterback. Krajewski who stepped up and threw him and then rolled out to the right, made a good throw on the run and an even better catch at the 47-yard line by Hartman for a first down for Lakota East with just over seven minutes to go in the game. 
They'll go back to that double wing back set, one on each side. Here's the hand, no fake, option to the right, in some trouble, and Krajewski's gonna go down in the arms of Todd Harding. He looked like he was gonna pitch it, but the problem for him was Dick the pitch man. Jaheim Thomas was standing right with him, so he had to eat it. That's a loss of two to the 49. Harding got the quarterback, Thomas took the pitch man, and Harding able to tackle him for a loss. Second and 12 for East from the 49. Juski goes to the sideline each time to get the play from Rick Haynes. He goes back to the huddle with 15 on the play clock. They will send one receiver, Scott, wide left, a wing back each way. They have a tight end of the game as well now, and then the running back, Lugo Flowers, behind Krajewski. In motion goes Henrich off the wing to the right. They're going to run the scissor play back inside to Dick, and he runs through a tackle inside the 45 to the 44 as Christian Kilgus Dixon hung on for dear life. He'll get about five yards to the 44, so it'll be third and long again. They have to get it'll be third and seven for Lakota East at the 44. We're inside six minutes to go in the game, tied at 21 apiece. Rajewski tonight's only thrown three passes. He's completed all three of them. So you have to go to the air again here. He has Scott go wide left. Henrich is going to line up wide right. And Dick on a wing to the left. Down to two on the play clock, down to one. And Rick Haynes has to take a timeout that he probably didn't want to take, but he had to take it or they would have had to delay a game. We'll take a timeout with him. 5.24 to go in the ballgame. Big third down upcoming when we come back. It's Princeton 21, Lakota East 21. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. And it's powered by Sidearm Sports. Loveland Chiropractic Office has been treating patients in the Loveland area since 1921. We have generations of experience that continue to lead the field in chiropractic care. With our experience, we have high level of success with acute injuries as well as chronic conditions. You can find us online at lovelandchiro.com. That's lovelandchiro.com. And on Facebook. Back here at Lakota East High School. Had an exciting finish to last year's game, although Princeton ended up having to forfeit it, scoring a touchdown on a Hail Mary on the last play. And this one shaping up to be a good finish as well. We're tied at 21 all. East with a third and eight, third and seven from the 44-yard line. Majewski are going to be under center here. Takes it, drops the throw, looking, fires it out in the flat, caught at the 45-yard line, then getting away and taking it down to the 36-yard line. And being set up right there is a player who's number we don't have. Not sure who that is. It's the guy who blocked the extra point, too. He's number 40, and they don't have a 40 on the roster. Oh, it's Adam Hunderbur. That's who that is. He's listed as 89 on the program, so he is wearing number 40. He starts on the defensive line and also plays some tight end and makes a big catch right there and run for a first down. It's a first down to the Princeton 36. As we approach five minutes to go. So the defense has had him in two third and longs and twice the quarterback, Mark Krajewski, has converted third down passes. And that a nice run by Hunderbur. One wide out to the left, the closed side of the field, wing back each way. They're going to turn, I think, the right, right wing back went in motion. I think that was going to be Henrich, the right wing back. He started in motion right, at the, right before the snap. I think it's going to be on him for flinching. One snap. 
The false start offense, number 54. Yep, they're going to give it to one of the linemen. That's going to be the one of the guards, Jonathan McElhaney, who moved a little too early. So a five-yard penalty on first down sets Lakota East to first and 15 at the Princeton 41. East being very methodical here, and no reason not to. Tie game, they have the football. Clock rolling down to 440. Princeton defense needs to stop here. First and 15. One wide out to the right. Wing back each way. They have a tight end in the game set to the left. Now in motion comes the wing back off the wing right and getting a handoff trying to sweep it to the outside and doing so on a great block on the side and running it up the sideline and all the way down to the 20-yard line is Rodney Heath who's a starting corner. They put him in there at wing back and gave him a handoff coming on a sweep to the right. And he's got the first down down to the Princeton 21-yard line on a 20-yard pickup. First down. He got a great block on the corner. I really didn't see who threw it, but that sprung him for the big gain, and the Thunderhawks in business at the Princeton 21, and now they can be very methodical. Princeton does have two timeouts. East has two as well. Put one wide out to the right. They're on the hash mark to the right, so that's the close side of the field. That's Hartman. Wing backs each way. Going to turn, fake it, run the option, coming down the line to the right, and they got that swallowed up again. Harding is able to swallow the quarterback and stop him for really no gain. Again, they took his pitch man away from him. Krajewski wanted to pitch that to Dick, but that would have resulted in a big loss. So again, he just ate it as he cut it up the field and got maybe a yard down to the 20. And the kicker, Gavin Myers, two for two on the year on field goals, his longest 32, but we've seen him put three kickoffs tonight in the end zone for touchbacks. So the leg probably not an issue. Inside four minutes to go. They put Brandon Elliott, the wide receiver, split far left. That's the open side of the field. They'll go back to the eye formation. Henrich on a wing right. Offset eye in the backfield with Dick the eye back. Going to turn, fake it. No, hand off to the fullback and dragging Jaheim Thomas down to the 16-yard line was Lugo Flowers, the fullback, for a gain of about five. I'll mark it at the 16, so give him four. And here's another important third down. And so far in this drive, East has done a great job converting the third downs, and they've not been easy. Third and 11, a third and seven, and now faced with a third and five. At the Princeton 16-yard line, should be well within field goal range, but another first down, they can chew the clock up a little bit more. Nobody wide, wing to the right, eye formation, dick the eye back. Turns to the right, hands it to the fullback, nothing doing. Christian Kilgus Dixon from the outside. Joshua Younger at the point of attack on the inside. And they stuff him at the 15-yard line. And quickly, Mike Daniels with 2.58 to go in the game takes a timeout on defense. We'll take another timeout with him. I'm assuming a field goal attempt will be forthcoming when we come back. We will see. It's Princeton 21, Lakota East 21. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. For over 55 years, Miller Valentine has worked in close collaboration with businesses when they are ready to build, renovate, or expand. Choosing Miller Valentine as your construction partner means aligning yourself with passionate experts who recognize the value of a team approach. Having grown from a small general contractor to a nationally recognized construction company, Miller Valentine listens closely to your needs to recommend the best combination of construction techniques to fit your project. For more information about Miller Valentine Group, please visit us at www.mvg.com. Back here at Lakota East High School, 2.58 to go in the football game. It's a fourth down and five, and 
Rick Paynes, Lakota East coach, has made his decision. It's going to be a 32-yard field goal try for left-footed kicker Gavin Myers. He's two for two on the year with a long of 32. On the hash mark to the right is where he'll be kicking it from. Princeton's got to make sure it doesn't jump off sides here, too. Snap is a low one. They get it down. The kick by Myers is on the way from 32 yards out. It is good. So Lakota East with 2.54 to go in the ballgame has taken a 24-21 lead as it put together a drive in which it converted a couple of big third downs through the air. A third and 11 early in the drive, a third and eight later in the drive. Got a 20-yard run by Rodney Heath down to the 21. It kind of set things up. And after Princeton had come from 21-7 down at halftime to tie it at 21 all, the Myers 32-yard field goal puts East back on top, but Princeton's going to have 2.54 of clock time in which to try to do something to either tie this game or win it. Don't forget the kicker, though, Michael Everson, went off injured after he got knocked down. Was, a penalty was called on East after that last, or the extra point, two extra points ago, was blocked. He was pushed down by Hundemer, and they called him for personal foul. On the season, Everson had kicked the 32-yard field goal, his only try. Hayden Cobbs, who does the kickoff duties, he does have two extra points, but if you watch him, which we've done, obviously, in pregame, I'm going to guess his range can't be much more than 30 at most. So Princeton would have to get down to a, probably at least the 15, maybe the 10-yard line to give him a chance at a tying field goal, and by then, maybe you punch it in to win it. So it'll be Myers to kick it off. Leroy Bowers is to the near side. The man who just made that 69-yard touchdown run on some great second, third, and heck, you want to call it fourth effort, you can. D'Angelo Foster to the far side. And Myers has put three kickoffs in the end zones for touchbacks tonight. I would assume he tries to boot this one through there as well. Princeton will have one timeout, 2.54 of clock time to try to either win this or get down to maybe get a chance to tie it with a field goal. So Myers, who just moments ago booted the 32-yarder to put East up, well, now get set to kick it away. Left-footed soccer stylist moves on the football and thumps it away. It's an end-over-end kick that Bowers is going to feel back on the two. Running straight ahead across the 10, 15, 20, trying to get a hole, and he's dragged down on a nice open field, one-arm tackle made by Hayden King. He just grabbed a fistful of jersey as Bowers was going by and somehow knocked him to the ground. I'll tell you, if Bowers had gotten through that, he might have had a crease. So Princeton will start first and 10 from its own 23-yard line. Thanks to my man Dan Wright again for trotting those stats down here. He's got a nice chunk of yards on that last drive up to 325 on the night. Princeton at 321 heading into this drive. They need 77 more to maybe win the football game. Horton in there is the quarterback. He's got Boyd to his left, two receivers to his left, one to his right. Now Foster goes in motion to the right. They will fake it to him. Horton going to keep it running straight ahead. Has some running room across the 30 and spins his way up to the 35-yard line as he was slung forward by Michelson. Max Michelson made the stop, but not before MJ Horton was able to pick up 12 yards and a Princeton first down. The clock stops momentarily to set the chains, and now it rolls again with 2.40 to go. Princeton having a hard time getting lined up quickly. They need to do so. Two receivers right, Burkhalter to the left, Foster the slot man, probably will come in motion from the slot to the right, he does, coming left. Horton takes the snap, fakes it to him, running straight ahead, looking for a block, stutter steps and takes it up to the 40 yard line. Gain of five, Princeton got a hurry though. 
Down to 2.15 to go, but a couple of nice runs so far. Boy, they're just, there's not a, there's no hurry. They're just standing around looking at the sideline for the play, and the time just keeps ticking. We're going to be under two minutes when the ball is snapped next. Two receivers right, one left. Boy to the left of Horton in the gun. Second and five from the 40. Here comes Foster in motion going left. And now we get penalty flags and Princeton jumped early. My goodness gracious. That'll be a false start against Princeton. It was almost like they got too big of a hurry once they got lined up. They didn't really get lined up in a hurry. But once they got lined up, they got in a hurry. And again, everybody's looking at the sideline. I know you're looking for the play call, but it needs to be quicker, and you need to line up with a quicker sense of urgency. The clock's running again. They wasted more time. And there people just jogging up to the line of scrimmage. No sense of urgency. Down to 145 to go. Horton in the shotgun. Second and 10. Drops the throw. Looking over the middle. Now looking deep right. Fires it up towards the right sideline, and it's off the hands of Foster. He did a great job to adjust as he... He stopped, and the defender, Josh Jones, ran by. Foster almost spun around and caught it down at the 45 of Lakota East, but couldn't quite bring it in. So with 1.35 to go, the clock stops. But most importantly, it's third and 10 now for Princeton from its own 35-yard line. Harris doesn't join the huddle. He's out wide right, the open side of the field. Burkhalter will come left. See where Foster goes this time. He'll go out to the right, and actually Jamar Matthews back in there. They, they took out Demir Matthews, and so they'll have double slots each way. Third and 10. In motion goes Matthews going left to right. Court takes the snap, dropping to throw. Now he's flush, rolling right, fires on the run. Has a man wide open, caught at the 45. Foster to the 50 and runs out of bounds at the 47-yard line in Lakota East Territory. D'Angelo Foster was wide open, then did a great job to run it out of bounds at the 47 to stop the clock with a minute 28 to go in the game. And a first down, Princeton at the Lakota East 47, down by three. Jamar Matthews goes back out to bring the tight end and punter. Tamir Matthews back in. And send two receivers right. That's Harris and Foster. Foster to the slot man will probably come in motion. Yeah, he does, right to left. They take the snap, fake it to him. Horton running straight ahead. And gets it down to the 44 as there's that nose guard again doing a great job to make the tackle Aaron Sharp. Gain of three to the 44 of East. The clock continues to run and Princeton in no big hurry. Just looking over the sidelines. Having a hard time getting lined up. It's the same formation. Two receivers right, one left. Now here comes Foster in motion to the left. They're going to fake it to him. They're going to hand it to him, running left. Now he's going to pull up and throw the football, looking to throw for Burkhalter deep down the field. He makes a great catch down at the 10-yard line. He was in man-to-man coverage with Rodney Heath and went up to catch it, and they'll mark it at the 9-yard line with 53.8 seconds to go. It was well covered, but Burkhalter just jumped up and took it away from him. And the clock will run again now as they set the chains. Down inside, 45 seconds to go. Horton from the nine, takes the snap, hands it off to Boyd, running right. Bangs his way inside the five, carrying tacklers down to the two-yard line. With 37.2 seconds to go. And Princeton, is it going to take its final timeout? It looks like it will with 34.3 seconds to go. Princeton is out of timeouts, but they are knocking on the door of maybe pulling off this victory. We'll take a timeout and come back here to Lakota East. For the finish, it's Lakota East 24, Princeton 21. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Getting answers, finding solutions, 
Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Back here at Lakota East High School, Richard Skinner, producer engineer Zach Waddell. Princeton was down 21-7 at the half, tied it at 21. Lakota East got a 32-yard Gavin Myers field goal with 2.52 to go to take the lead, but Princeton right now knocking on the door of victory. They will have it second and goal on the Lakota East one. 34.3 seconds left. Princeton is out of timeouts. They bring Henry and Harding in there and run an inverted wishbone with... The deep back being Boyd, so they got a lot of beef in there at the moment. Nobody wide, everybody in tight. And now a timeout, Lakota East. And East will be down to one timeout. So Princeton's won this formation before down at the goal line. They bring in Todd Harding, who's six foot two, 300 pounds, and bring in Darian Henry, who does play some tight end on offense, but not much. At 6'5", 260, they line them up at fullbacks. And then you line up as the deep back, six foot one, 230-pound Thomas Boyd. That is a lot of beef coming forward. And it is about the shortest of short yardage situations, second and goal from the Lakota East one-yard line. Again, Princeton out of timeouts. East now down to one. But really what matters for Princeton is punching this in the end zone. Well, it looks like it was going to be maybe a loss that was going to send this season spiraling downward. This could be quite the riveting victory for Princeton. Again, Vikings have not made the playoffs since 2007. They have a tough road still ahead. Fairfield still on that schedule. Lakota West still on that schedule, but this was one of those 50-50 games you had to have probably if you're going to make a run at the playoffs. So here we go. Both teams back out on the field. It's going to be the same formation. Harding and Henry lined up in front of Boyd. Henry doing a good job to count to make sure they only got 11. Second and goal from the one. Boyd going to snap it. He's going to get pushed into the end zone, I believe. No signal yet. Still no signal. The clock continuing to run. If he's short, they got to line this up and go. Touchdown. No, he died. He said marked him short. It'll be third and goal. And Prince has got to get back to the line of scrimmage. They stopped the clock momentarily. They are right back at it. Under 20 seconds to go. Third and goal from about the half-yard line. They sneak him forward. Did he get in this time? Still no signal. Princeton says yes, and now the official says touchdown, Princeton, with 10.5 seconds to play. I'll tell you what, I'm not so sure when Horton took the snap if his left knee didn't get down short, but he got very low, and they were able to shove him into the end zone for a touchdown with 10.5 seconds remaining, and Princeton has gone on top 27-24 with Cobbs on to attempt the point after. Princeton won last year on a Hail Mary on the final play. Only to forfeit it away. Here's the snap. The kick by Cobbs is on its way, and it is good. So 10.5 seconds left to go in this football game. Princeton has come back from 21-7 down and then 24-21 down to take the lead on a one-yard quarterback sneak by M.J. Horton. When for all the world, it looked like right after he took the snap, his left knee touched the ground. I think the TV guys next to us were saying that exact thing. Yeah, I, I thought his left knee hit down early. He got low, and then they shoved him into the end zone from behind. I'm not sure one of the Lakota East coaches is out on the field at about the 20-yard line. It's not Rick Haynes, the head coach. I think he wants an explanation. 
As it stands, it's 28-24. And now see if East has a, some trickeration type play here on the kickoff return, or if they just try to down it quickly and then run a snap or two. They do have a timeout left, East does. Princeton is out of timeouts. And Cobbs will kick it away. So if they go with some kind of lateral play here or again just try to run it as far as they can and then slide down and have a chance to snap the football once maybe. It'll be back deep. Nick Rabin to the far side and to the near side, Corey Dick. Cobbs tees it up. Princeton goes 77 yards. And then about two minutes and 40 seconds to punch it in to take the 28-24 lead. Cobbs waits to kick it away, moves on the football, and squibs it along the ground. It is going to be picked up at the 35-yard line, running around with it, trying to get out of there with it is Jordell Smith, and he is going to be tackled with 4.3 seconds to go up at the 39-yard line. So time for one play. Jordell Smith for the Thunder and 61 yards from the goal line will be Lakota East. The timeout they have pretty academic. I guess they could take it and see what the Princeton defense does, but really they won't be able to stop the clock. I mean, this play should take 4.3 seconds, you would think. So Princeton, for all the world, clearly outplayed in the first half, trailing at 21-7. The defense sprang to life in that third quarter, allowed the offense to do some things to bring them back in it, but then East put together a nice drive to kick the field goal and take the lead. Wanted to watch Princeton go 77 yards for the touchdown. Princeton's gonna show a three-man front. They've got a bunch of players drop back at their own 35, and now a uh, sideline warning gonna get called against Lakota East here, right as they snap the football. Sideline warning on East. So we'll run this play again. Right now they've got Princeton has two players, Elijah Eberhardt and Kevin Suttles. They're back at their own 30. They're pretty deep down the field. That's where you don't want to be a hero and try to intercept and have it go off your hands. Now what are we going to get? I think another flag going to be called against East here. They just called the sideline warning. I don't know if a player was yakking on the sidelines or a coach, but they threw another flag. comes the call. Delay a game, sideline infraction on the offense. Five yard penalty, still first down. And if you heard that, it's delay of game because of a sideline infraction, so just a five yard penalty. This will back them up to the 33. I mean, they have to go the whole distance, so really the yardage kind of academic. It's a matter of just knocking the ball down to end the game or making the tackle to end the game. Elijah Ebert just telling his mates back there, Scarborough and Settles, just knock it down. Here's the drop back to pass, and he's gonna be sacked in the football game. As coming off the edge to make the sack was Leroy Bowers. And that's the football game. They never even got a chance to get the Hail Mary pass off. And Princeton has come back to get a huge victory here tonight at Lakota East. Again, down 21-7 at halftime. Came back to tie it at 21. Saw East take a 24-21 lead on a field goal, a 32-yard field goal with 2.52 to go. But then the Vikings drive it 77 yards and punch it in with 10 seconds to go. A one-yard quarterback sneak by MJ Horton gets the win as Princeton improves the three and two overall.
one and two in the Greater Miami Conference. Lakota East falls to three and two and two and one. And now as you look at the schedule for Princeton, you got three games left you should, you should probably win. Middletown, Oak Hills, and Mason. That gets you to six. Fairfield will be a tough one, but it will be at home. And Lakota West at home, probably a 50-50 game. They had a 50-50 game here tonight that they needed to win to continue that trek towards maybe making the playoffs. And despite some sloppy play in the first half, some sloppy tackling in the first half, the Princeton Vikings turn the switch on and turn things around and come back to win it here tonight, 28-24. Next week, Princeton will travel to Middletown for a 7 o'clock kickoff. I will not be on that broadcast. Rob Roberts will be on board to do that, doing a TV game for Star 64 next uh, Friday night. Bowler and LaSalle, but I'll be back the following Friday when Princeton returns home to take on Fairfield in a 7 o'clock kickoff. If Princeton can be uh, at, at that point at 4-2 uh, and two on the season, that should be a heck of a game and a heck of a crowd for that game on October the 11th against Fairfield. My thanks tonight to Dan Wright for providing stats, to Zach Waddell for producing and engineering. Thanks as well to executive producer of ESP Media, Rob Ebel. I'm Richard Skinner. The final score tonight here from Lakota East High School. It was Princeton 28, Lakota East 24. Thanks for being with us. You've been listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.